abstract work is like for me i don't know where i'm going so it can turn out in a lot of different ways when i'm doing realism sure it's a skill but i know exactly where my destination is i always know when it's when it's ready when it's abstract it's like it can go in so many directions Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and exploration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Ernest, and for this week's episode, I had a conversation with the amazing artist, Melanie Haskind, aka Klaus. Working with a variety of mediums, such as coloured pencils, inks, and paints, Melanie's work is focused on the themes of exploration, with a special interest in galactic backgrounds, pastries, and sea creatures. Now I'm going to start where I started everybody, which is just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Yeah, um, so I have been drawing and painting ever since I was a little child. Um, I grew up in a country called Luxembourg. Not everybody knows that that exists. Wow. It's a very, very small country um, situated between Belgium, France and Germany. And it's a very cultural place in a way because there's so many immigrants there. And especially like a lot of Portuguese people, a lot of Italians and French people. So I think I've had so many influences, like cultural wise from from my childhood. And I have a brother who really loves music uh, and art in general as well. So I think I've kind of been influenced for him that way. So I've just been, yeah, you know, I've been just drawing since I was a little kid and doing a lot of art classes, like next to school, like go doing pottery or doing painting. And, you know, when we got to high school, I would also go in the direction of like an art section, whereas other people might do uh, more in the science direction or languages. And I, I was always like the artistic kid. The creative kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> always. Yeah. Always love music and and, uh, and art in general. All kinds of mediums of interest me. So yeah yeah that's something i definitely want to get into later for sure because it's interesting because you use you use a lot of different mediums and it's not just your you're not stuck to doing one thing and i think that's it's quite clever in a way but we'll get into that later but where did the kind of alias klaus come from so um i'm not completely sure to be honest (laughs) because but there is one there is one theory that is that one of my friends my child friends she had this auto uh, correction on her phone and she texted me something and we don't remember what it is and then it said klaus on the end and we just thought that was sort of hilarious that like she would call me klaus instead of my my actual name which is melanie and like a lot of my my friend groups they would just join in and that's the way klaus was born you know and i just use it as my alias because it was like you know sort of wicked um you would not have people in my high school like play around with with like different gender identities or whatever. Mm. So I thought it was a kind of funny twist to it. So do you create art knowing that you're going to put into an alias, or do you create art knowing you're going to put into your own name, or like how do you choose? You know, that's still something I'm trying to figure out because I have since um, since basically since I moved to Copenhagen nine years ago. Uh, consequently use Klaus as an as an alias and also as my signature like when my nickname Klaus was born so to say we I did not use it for my mm. art content whatsoever 
Um, so that just, I guess, fell from the sky, that idea. Um, and now I just like as a, you know, it's, it's, it's this habit that I have. I just write clouds on it, you know, and I'm still not sure when when I've been introducing myself to galleries or whatever. Mm. Should I call myself clouds or should I could be called mainly? What do I put on my business card? So I kind of doing both, <laughs> to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, because that always intrigues me, the idea, because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you should have a brand, you should have an identity, you should be like, you know, um, you should have the kind of like the whole package deal, know what you're about, kind of know your kind of aims and stuff. But if you're using like an alias, that can be quite hard because you could work create very different work into your alias than you could in your actual name and nobody could even know potentially. But then when it comes to stuff like galleries, especially, like, like I, it's weird to think like, how does that work? And I actually have a couple of artist friends who use aliases. So if you ever want information from them, I'm happy to send them on to you and send you their details for you to have a conversation about it. Because I think it's quite important, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably an idea. But if I'm, like, thinking about it, like, as of now, I think, like, in the future, I would just, you know, use my own name. But, like, the signature just says Klaus, you know. I mm -hmm. think also because that signature is more aesthetic than my normal signature. So I think it has also a lot to do with that, in a way. Mm -hmm. Also, because like when I sign my work, I am right-handed, but I always yeah. sign it with my left hand. <laughs> and and that is, I don't know, that also that was also some some high school related stuff. Like, you know, you in like in German saying you would say if you do something with your left hand, it's because you do something with ease. So it was like that was that connotation that went into my my signature in a way. And I just thought it was like a, a weird anecdote to have and it, it looks kind of cool because it looks so scribbly and so ugly compared to my super detailed drawings um so yeah it's just aesthetic thing that's a nice little kind of contrast and also it's funny for me because i'm left-handed so i feel like to see anybody write with their right hand is just so strange to me i don't understand it it's so funny yeah yeah it's also really weird right because like if you go into like and listen to like a, a science comedy podcast where they also like they they take these like different themes from science and when, when you have a control group you, they would always be like you can never have left-handed people in the control group <laughs> you know so being left-handed is almost like like super segregated in a way and yeah. it's like it's really stupid also and yeah. i don't know it's, it's it's just weird and then like and then me doing my, my with my left hand i don't know it's it's just be like it doesn't fucking matter like what hand you sign with wherever but you know I feel like it's different, I guess. <laughs> it intrigues me though, just because like there's a reason you do it. Even if you don't know what the reason is yourself, like there's a reason that you do it. It's it's kind of interesting because as you said, it's like a habit, which means that like, you would have had to think about it the first time you did it. So then now you always do it. It's, that's interesting. I don't know. That's yeah. bizarre. But it's also cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think a lot of the way I think is that I don't always think, I just do. And then <laughs> afterwards I'm like, okay, maybe that was not very nice to single out like for example left-handed people in a way because yeah. like often it's like not a compliment to sell someone you're left-handed at least not in Denmark it's not yeah. um so it's like it's, ah, it's actually not so flattering to, to to do something like that and I'm like oh well you know I never mean any harm by it anyway so <laughs> of course so yeah. why is art important to you I would say for me it's super important because I love to challenge myself and I, I, since I also use so many different mediums and things and I want to achieve like more and more re realism or whatever, it's a great way for me to nerd really hard, like a, a certain theme or whatever. 
and I just love really diving into like a subject and I, I really like to see my own growth in my drawing so I think it's for me it's a lot of you know establishing my self-worth and um just see what can these hands do you know like <laughs> yeah so so you're a self taught artist which I find Maybe, really really fascinating no but no it's a weird question because I'm not sure how like how would you tell someone they're self-taught you know because like the way I learned to draw um you know the the, the comics called Wendy right no yeah no, it's it's a it's a coming about yeah. uh like a horse girl because I'm a big horse girl. I like okay. Horses. Okay. So like we would I would have these comics as a kid and I would always like try to copy the, the comic style, um and then like that's how I kind of started to draw and then like I would afterwards take up of classes but I've mm. never gone like to university or anything yeah. like that so it's like it's kind of a mix. And I'm never yeah. sure whether to actually call me self-taught like 100% or not, you know, because I've had a couple of classes, but never anything full-time or whatever. I would say you're self-taught if you haven't had formal education, if you don't have like a degree. I feel like you are self-taught because you've used the resources outside of the formal educational system. That's just my opinion. That's what I would class okay, self-taught yeah. as. Um, but I find then people I, who are self-taught... I self -taught. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like people who are self-taught are very, very interesting because I, I kind of wonder, like, do you think there are any advantages of being self-taught? I think you kind of, um, you grasp the subject differently. You you take it from a different angle. You might use some, some props or some uh, pro products that are kind of unconventional and you approach drawing, painting in a different way. And maybe you would also approach it in a more, how you say, um, uh, like not like I have to draw this uh, pepper grinder like perfectly I, I'm I kind of going to it in a more conceptual way that was what I was trying to say um, and, and I just love it when people do that they just like twist things around in a weird way not going the classical way it's really cool where do you go as a self-taught artist for resources? Because, you know, you're not taught the business side of art, especially. You're not taught, like, taxes. You're not taught about marketing. You're not taught about, not that you're taught in their formal education either. But as a self-taught artist, you have to find these resources yourself. Where do you go for these kind of resources? Or, like, who do you ask? Mm, so I think what my advantage is in this scenario is that ever since I moved to Copenhagen, I've been working in an art supply store. Mm. and working in a place like that you meet a lot of very creative very quirky people some people also very business business oriented so you know I felt like I've always had someone to just ask these kinds of things like social media I, ha I had like a, a younger colleague who was super into that you know I would ask about that and but mostly it's just like just doing it like you, you give me a phone with an app, I'll just press whatever buttons on there until I work it out, you know? I don't mm. give a crap. <laughs> um, and in terms of, like, um, you know, connections and stuff, you know, I am, like, you know, when I want to, I can be an extroverted person. So, you know, I would just, like, go around and ask people, oh, you've just opened your gallery. Shouldn't you be featuring me, you know? Like, and that yeah. way, kind of go get into um the, the that word well in a way but like honestly I don't feel like I know half of what I'm doing most of the time like I'm just strutting through and having no clue <laughs> you're constantly learning though as well which is the best thing like you're always learning which is great 
Yeah, definitely. So, so what are your thoughts on art education in general? Like, do you think it's important for an artist to have a degree? Not at all, seriously. I mean, if I think the most important thing to have, like a quality to have as an artist is to be always seeking inspiration, always seeking out, being curious about trying new things. Um, no, I mean, also today, like art is, is so many things, right? So you don't have to go to um, a museum or whatever and draw all these classical statues and we have to do it like perfectly right and with the golden ratio and stuff like that. It's not necessary. There's so many ways to approach it. And also because we have this great advantage of pages like like Skillshare or YouTube, like you can type in whatever you want to have a look at. And if you want to dive into it, you have so many resources to start at. I mean, it's, but no, a formal, formal degree. No, I mean, seriously, I think the only thing that a formal education today about plastic art would be the connections. Because hmm. that's, yeah. that's what it, it comes to in the end. If you know the right person, it doesn't matter what you do. If you, if what you do is even shit, like you, you will get someone to, to show off your work. It's the same in the music business, which mm. I might be referencing a lot about today because I'm also into that thing. So, see, that's interesting because a lot of artists, like a lot of artists that I know and I speak to, are also either musicians or they have a foot in the music world. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's actually a big connection between art and music? And if so, like why? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, like, for example, I have my own band which you probably know oh wow no that's um, cool uh, is, is my, my band is called if you translate to to english it's called dirty cutlery <laughs> okay and it, it's a punk band and it's very like i don't know for some reason like the kind of music we play i can kind of like imagine what visual style we've go with this music you know and so the ideas just keep rolling and i kind of think that's what it what happens for a lot of music and art going together is just kind of, kind of gets the ball rolling, you know. Um, and same goes with my Flying Whale series is also inspired mm. from music. And I, I just think if you're very emotionally invested in art and in music, you will always somehow make a connection because it makes you feel things just like you do when, when you draw for, for a lot of people, at least, you know. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. But I think the fact it translates to Dirty Cutlery dirty cut right and it's still food related somehow that's just funny i just... did not think of that in that sense <laughs> actually i i seem to be obsessed with food for some reason <laughs> I mean, who isn't at the end of the day let's be honest who isn't i mean food's amazing i mean exactly. come on. <laughs> Wait, i mean you're gonna need it either way so you're gonna have to be um very so true what is the biggest challenge of being an artist i think kind of over overcoming your inner saboteur is like super hmm. super hard like and especially because I kind of keep comparing myself to other artists, not really in terms of how good am I at executing my art, but more like, oh, they've already gotten their own tattoo studio or whatever. And this person is exhibiting with this huge gallery and they are like five years younger than me. I'm like, why have I not taken more steps to doing that? You know, that, that kind of thought, that's, that's what's super hard for me. Like I've always feel... Like I should have done way more and, you know, keep having excuses for not doing things. Um, I mean, sure, I have a full time job, so that kind of hinders me in a way. But Absolutely. It shouldn't be an excuse at all to just, you know, go out there and meet more people and get things done. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, so there's a thing that I always say to a lot of people, and I feel like I, I always say in these interviews, oh, I say this to a lot of people because I talk to a lot of people about a lot of different things. There are a few mm-hmm. things I always say specifically to a lot of people. And one of them is that like, it's very easy to look at somebody else's life and want that. But you have to realize mm-hmm. like that is not your life. Like it's easy to look yeah. at somebody being like, they've got a tattoo studio. They've, you know, just had an exhibition. You know, they are like 10 years younger than I am. They're, you know, five years younger than I am. You know, they have, mm-hmm. but you don't know what access and opportunities they have. They don't, might not have the same access to things as you do. Same as, you know, like you have a full-time job. They, they might have very rich parents, you know? It's yeah, very, very hard. It's very, very, it's very easy to, to look at things kind of from a very wide perspective and be like, oh, this is not fair. But then you kind of forget, yeah. like, you've worked damn hard to get where you are now. Because I'm pretty sure that, and I, I always say to people, like, there is a point in your life which what you're doing now is what you would have wanted to do. Like, what mm-hmm. you're doing now is, like, the pinnacle of what you wanted to achieve, and you've achieved that, and now you're doing more. So remember that. Like, don't think about things so, like, I wish I had this. Think about, like, I'm grateful for this. Because at the end of the day, yeah. there was a time in your life where you didn't have what you have now. And what you have now is pretty damn amazing because you're creative, you're inspired, you mm-hmm. want to do stuff, and you're motivated, and nobody has that. It's great to have the means, but it means nothing if you doubt the motivation. That's what I've learned. Yeah. So that's my That's very true what you're saying. <laughs> and I, I just listened to your episode with Ellis King, where oh, you, you also said like the same along the lines of that. And it's, yeah. and it's just so true. And it's kind of like, it's almost like it's even more annoying to me because I know these things yeah. oh, and yeah. I still do it. That's oh, like, yeah. you, it's so stupid to me in a way, but like it's, you know, we're, you're, we're people, we, we can't help these things sometimes, you know. It's just really interesting for to me, like how we can hold ourselves back so much over the smallest of things. You know, it's like things that don't even matter, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's just crazy to me that people will really kind of, as you said earlier, like sabotage yourself, like self-sabotage. They'll sabotage themselves, not because they can't do things, but just because they feel like they're not good enough. And I think that's the, the biggest shame of anybody feeling like they're not good enough, you know, because everyone has value yeah. in some way. It may not be to art, it may not be to, you know, other parts of society, but everyone has a value somewhere for something for somebody, you know? Yeah. yeah. But why do I know? I'm just and some guy thing... from England, as always. <laughs> but, so... you know, it's also like, you know, you, you you mentioned the fact like of being like always like thinking you're not good enough at things, hmm. right? I think that has also a lot to do about how within which framework you grew up in, for example, yeah. like where, where I grew up in Luxembourg, it's very different country from Denmark, you know, it's, especially the educational system is very very strict and very intense and like you have to know so many things and if you're not saying sir or madam to your teacher you will be sent out on uh, detention you know stuff like that so I think that culture really gave me the you have to push harder all the time and that kind of drove me into like doing the things that do well but still always thinking that's not enough you know yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's very important to think about, especially like in today's educational system, that people give like the kids more room to be themselves, and yeah. you know, thinking when to push and when to release. You know, but also finding that for yourself as an adult as well, though, because you don't have anybody there telling you, "Oh, this is good enough. This isn't good enough." If you're telling yourself that, and I think that's a lot harder because you have to mm-hmm. kind of you have to balance that yourself on your own terms, which is not easy. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So how has your upbringing or life experiences played a part in the work you create? 
my life experiences in the work I create? That's a good question. Um, I think for me, like I have, I have always like mentioned to have a very big fondness of music, especially genres like like punk and metalcore, for example. It's a lot about like feeling a certain way, like especially like being frustrated about things, said about things, and and using that in in my art has kind of helped me work through things. And it's kind of helped me find a balance in a way. And it's kind of given me a platform as well. Um, how you say? F finding pe like-minded people who, who you know, can relate to, to what I'm, do I'm doing. And for example, moving to Copenhagen and, and meeting all these creative people through my work, for example, has been a great in my, like, for my life experience in general and has really helped me like elevate my art in a way because it's just gotten more and more layers to it like the more output I got from the outside world in a way yeah I think who you surround yourself with especially in the real world I think plays a huge part on the way in which you see your own work and also the kind of way you create and also just kind of like the motivation because I feel like you know we're all kind of stuck online a lot and I think it can be quite damaging to be only online and not have any actual in-person resources to go to and people to literally physically show your work to. Yeah. Which I guess actually is yeah. the advantage of being an artist is that you get to have your work physically to hand as opposed to like a photographer has their work on a computer. So that's, a, I guess, a, a big plus that you can literally rock up to one of your friends and show them your work, go through your portfolio, sit down with the gallery. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, actually. I think it's also like kind of how you you always grasp the medium, right? Because you you mentioned photography, for example. My my brother is very interested in photography. I always used to I also used to do a lot of photography when I was a teenager, and we kind of you know make trips of it. Like we would go together and take pictures, so you can go on a on a street art tour with people and take pictures that way. So you you can always make it a social thing if you really wanted to. Um, and sometimes like also the preparation behind the work can can be your way of communicating with more let's say important people so to speak mm. who will help you later showcase your work you know and then of course the end result would be on a screen but the the journey up to it can also be yeah I don't know revealing or yeah connections will be made that way you know that's a good point actually mm. so do you think that being an artist gives you a different perspective of the world I think it has given me a way of, how you say, being more patient with people, for example. Like, I, I'm, I've been able to more appreciate the work that is behind certain things. I think, for example, especially when, when COVID happened, people started to be more like, oh, so these video games I'm playing is actually people doing a lot of work to make it happen for me so I don't get bored during quarantine and stuff. So I think for me, doing all this work and being able to appreciate it has also made me appreciate other people in a way, yeah. in, in a much, much, much broader sense. And also things that I don't do myself, but I can still have an idea of what are these people going through to get to the result where they are and I, and I can relate to it or I can appreciate them for it or whatever. Um, yeah, I think yeah, no, that's having a, good point, a broader actually. outlook on it. Yeah. That's good. That's a nice outlet to have when you kind of like realize because you know 
what it means to be creative and to to you know create something from scratch without anything in front of you it does give you a more interesting output in terms of like you appreciate everything and you appreciate the way things are just made generally and the fact that people put time into stuff because you put time into your work like yeah and that's a good point actually particularly like video games i think people typically i don't play video games but i know video games graphics are amazing nowadays and i feel like people don't give them credit because there's such an art form to that and it's just like Mm -hmm. just to make something that's like immersible to make something that's going to be like that command your attention especially nowadays in this society where everyone's distracted i think it's such a it's such a shame that people don't give it enough credit i don't think you know but exactly um my my boyfriend he actually graduated um university in specializing in programming video games so and he he does a lot of programming also like just in his free time and like when i watch him over the show what he does like all the lines of code that he does you know it's so it's not only the visuals it's like it gives you a bigger perspective of everything else around you know also same if you watch uh, like um like a behind the scenes video when Lord of the Rings was made, for example, like the huge amount of work that goes into it, you just get a much better idea of it and a bigger appreciation, which I think people should get a little bit more into, you know, be a little bit more respectful of the time that's put into things and the knowledge and all all that. Yeah, and as you said earlier, be a bit more curious about things, you know, just be more curious like how this is made and why this is made. Like, what does this mean to be, to exist? That kind of stuff. I think that's always interesting to ask. Yeah, and also like the thoughts behind it, you know, like you you get to talk to people and be like, okay, maybe I should also see what is the person behind this art actually trying to tell you, you know, like not only looking at it and just keep scrolling, having no idea what it's about, you know, trying to dig deeper into the meaning of things can also be super super revealing i think especially when you when you deal with, with art it gives it just gives a better a bigger perspective of things in general i think so when did you feel comfortable giving yourself the title of artist uh, i want to say probably like four or five years ago when i really started establishing my my visual style and where i could say this feels like i'm sort of peaking um technical skills wise um, and when I started doing more commission-based work as well, so I, like I would not only do it for myself, but like people actually approaching me to, to to work for them, like I was like, whoa, that's that's like the biggest honor one can get, you know. And I'm I think that kind of was the starting point where I was like, you know, I might not do it full time, but I, I'm a fucking artist, you know, I can fucking do it. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's cool. And I think that's that's the best thing. I feel like a lot of artists grapple with calling themselves artists because they're like, you know, comes back to like the self-doubt and the insecurity and the imposter syndrome, being like, oh, I'm not good enough, or like my work isn't art, or you know, what are people gonna yeah. think? And it's like you are like if you're gonna call yourself an artist, you'll be an artist. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. I think if you're going to be if you're hesitant to call yourself an artist, you can't expect anybody else to then also call you call you an artist. You know, like you yeah. have to walk the walk. Otherwise, how can you expect other people to believe in you if you're not going to believe in yourself? Like self-belief is yeah. the first and foremost for anybody doing anything. Like you don't have to yeah. be good at something, but if you believe you can be good at it, you will eventually become good at it. In my yeah. opinion, that might people might not agree with that, but I feel like nobody really knows what they're doing. Everybody is just kind of like, let's try this. <laughs> hmm. So like kind of, you know, like people just challenging you, like, I'm, you're not a professional, you're not an actual artist, just, you just do it in your free time. That's just a bunch of bullshit, you know? <laughs> if you're good at what you do, then then you can call yourself what you want, you know? 
So can you describe your work for those who may not have seen it? Yes. So if we, we could maybe start with like, for example, the flying whales theme have going on, which is um, a work which I create with pen and ink as a base. I work in a very detailed kind of fashion, but it has some illustrative character to it. So it's not like hyper-realistic in any way. You can still tell it's a drawing. So I do a lot of cross hatches. That's the way I like to draw. And then afterwards, I color it in with watercolor, um, where I kind of try to have this very um, fantasy kind of thing going on for me, but also kind of blended with realism. So I kind of go for these both worlds and mix them together. Um, So that's like one way of of, um, creating my art. And otherwise I also use a lot of of pencils, uh, color pencils, where I have a little bit more observational eye to it. It's more realistic looking, but also at the same time, I try to do it combined with a graphic style, like more um, intrusive, I guess. Um, but like overall, I want to say I always strive for some kind of realism and some kind of gestic uh, abstraction. So it gives the, the, the artwork more life in a way. It's a mishmash, you know, I do so many different things. So, <laughs> so what is the benefit, I guess, of doing so many different things? Like why not settle on one kind of style or one kind of medium? Because you use a lot of different mediums, especially. I do. Um, I don't, I guess I just don't want to limit myself in that mm. way. Like when, if you had asked me 10 years ago, this question, I would be like, I'm just going to do abstract stuff because that's more easy and more, I don't know, that's a very wrong, wrong, wrong thing to say because abstraction is not easy. It takes a lot of like, because like doing abstract work is like, for me, I don't know where I'm going. So it can turn out in a lot of different ways. When I'm doing realism, sure, it's a skill, but I know exactly where my destination is. I always know when it's when it's ready. When it's abstract, it's like it can go in so many directions. Um, and I just kind of love to experiment with those kinds of things. I always like to to change things up a bit. Um, like recently, I've I've started doing printing, which I've never really done before. And I I just like to broaden my horizon in that way. And because I've always also liked to do collages, it kind of feels to me like I'm doing a collage of different styles and hmm. expressions. And sometimes it works when you put them together and sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah, okay. And that's what actually really intrigues me about your work is that it doesn't really fit into any one category because it's in several at once. And I like that. Yeah. Because as you said, like it's realistic, but it's also abstract. But then it's also very much a piece of art but it's also like there are so many different things going on it's kind of like 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 how important do you think it is i guess i guess what i'm asking you is how important do you think it is to have like a category at least have like a like kind of a place where your work fits in i I think what's what um, what would be easier for me i guess it would be able to say okay let's say i would do only hyper realism black work stuff right like maybe like mark I'm thinking marketing wise it would be a little bit easier like also maybe find a community where it's only these kinds of people that work together like like say you would want to do an exhibition with several people I would be more able maybe to fit into a box hmm. and that way get my my art out in in a more broad way but since I do so many different things it's it's kind of hard for me maybe to 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 um, to pair together with other people 
but it also makes me stand out. So I'm very like torn about it. <laughs> like, hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I started, when I started out doing drawing, like for real, it was only black work and it was only the cross hatching techniques, which I'm still using, but it just got really boring for me very quickly. You know, it's always the same thing. And, and I've always been interested in doing like, they say I, one day I would be interested in playing uh, football. And the next day I would be into uh, riding horses. And the day after I want to do cooking, you know, like just keep changing things up until you find your niche. And, you know, just, you know, if it inspires you, you can incorporate it in, in every single way. And so I'm not sure if that answered your question, but that's, that's like the path I went on. That's perfect. So there for me like when i look at your work kind of like as a whole like there's a lot of themes of like sea and space and exploration and i'm kind of curious like do you see any particular themes in your work like are there any kind of questions that your work asks so themes i've been exploring uh, i want to say like i've always always been interested in animals since i was a little kid um and i think it sort of started for me to Thinking more about animal rights, you know, when I was a teenager, I was also a vegetarian and today I also eat very, very, very little meat. And I've, like the more old I got, the more I got into like activism and stuff like that for animals. And I think that kind of reflects in my work a little bit because I'm still drawing a lot of animals and on my socials, I share a lot of uh, animal welfare activism and it can be about pretty much anything like it could be about marine life it could be about fur industry it could be about anything um and i think that's consciously and subconsciously i'm still kind of doing that so like maybe today i'm drawing these flying whales and i'm maybe not thinking as much about what was my message like five years ago with the activism but, but it's still kind of there you know because i still keep drawing these animals um uh, like a couple of years ago, I was at a, a part of a really big exhibition in, in Copenhagen, and I was actually collabing with um, with a big animal protection uh, association, um, what do you call an uh, NGO, I think you call it in French, I'm not sure. But, you know, like non-profit organization, that was the word I was looking for. Um, and I had kind of this idea to draw all these endangered animals, and I would be linking information about it in a QR code that I would place next to my my drawings um so you know, to make make people aware of the the struggles we're going through with the environment um in general so I think that kind of plays a big role still today and otherwise I think a lot of themes that I go in my work are puns I guess and word association putting a couple of things together that might not go together and I can't always tell where it comes from, but uh, I guess ideas just get ping-ponged from stuff I see out in public or the people I talk with. No, I'm actually really interested in the idea of creating art that actually has a purpose for information, for giving people information. I'm actually kind of curious, like, do you think that art should actually have like, a broader message? Like, Should more art be informative? I think it's really awesome when it does, because it seems to me like there's even more thought put into it. But I also think that it can be nice to have art that is not about anything in particular, so that you don't have to think like you have to keep working your brain all the time to figure out, oh, what is the message behind this? You know, just to look at something and, you know, be at ease with it when you look at it. So, you know, like political versus just 
figurative, beautiful art to look at, you know. I mean, of course, it can political art can be both. It can be both beautiful and it can be very hard to look at and very heartbreaking and everything. But I think these things should like coexist in a way. We we need art for several purposes in that sense. Do you think there are any themes that art can't explore? Can't explore? Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. I I I mean. Hmm. If, if if you look at it like art history, like in art history kind of sense, I feel like all the different kinds of themes have been discussed. Like you have religion, you have these still life paintings that are about showing off your wisdom. You have these po- political artworks. You have um, you, ha- you have just controversial artworks in general, like uh, co- concept art, which might be just about having to fill a void like Eve Klaar did, you know, it was just about the void. Um, I guess, I guess everything goes and, and art can be super um, controversial. It can be, it can, it can, it can spark debates that are, are very like, uh, how you say, I'm, I'm a loss for words I can feel. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it just, it it makes people talk about things maybe they weren't thinking about before, and I think art pushes limits in a lot of ways. Um, and people can be disagreeing about many things in art. Um, like at some point, I I heard about uh, an artist who did this blender thing where he put a goldfish in it, and people they were able to push the button on the blender and make the fish you know go up in <laughs> in flesh. And uh, like that kind of artwork, where I'm like, we have the question yeah. like, is this actually art, or is, this, or is it animal cruelty? Well, letter, I would say, if you ask me, of course. But you know, like even that kind of thing goes for some mm. people. And you will make people mm. agree or disagree with you on a super extreme level, which should also, of course, be allowed to be there. But I would also want to say, in in certain limits, though, because it can go very, very far, very quickly. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. I think about like a lot of performance art that I know about that is kind of quite uh, quite boundary pushing, but not necessarily always in a positive way. You know? Like you do I don't remember exactly what name, but was it was it Marina Abrahimovic who had this uh, the gun on the table and people were pointing it at her? Yeah. That kind of thing. That's exactly what I was thinking of. So it's funny she said that. Ah, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, absolutely. Two yeah. great minds think alike. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was thinking of because it was like a a really interesting consideration about how people act when there's no consequences. And I think yeah. as a society, I think we've always been drawn to the idea of like, you know, what was the cameras aren't looking or, you know, if there are no rules, what would you get away with? And I feel like, you know, it's just something that's kind of really ingrained in the human mind to like kind of push those limits. I think art isn't always the best way to do it though. I think, well, I don't think, yeah, I think art isn't always yeah. the best way to do it, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, sometimes it's also better just to have these like questions just out in a room instead of mm. maybe actually act- acting on it. Yeah. Because you never know what people can do, and and I guess she was, I guess at Marina was sort of prepared for it, right? Because she was like, "This is a mind experiment. Let's see what people will do." And yeah, but but some people will always take it too far and 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 make it dangerous for another person. Yeah. And I'm also thinking in general like. If if you have an opinion about something, as long as it doesn't hurt a different person, you're good, you know. But a lot of people hurt each other for no good mm. reason, which also can be 
um, seen in some art, performance art, for example, or I yeah. guess uh, figurative art as well, um, which is yeah. very controversial for me for sure. And sometimes, like, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I get I get very uneasy sometimes thinking about it. Um, it's not really my thing. Hmm. I'm more about, I guess, positive energy in a way. Yeah, about being positive and also being informative, positive, and also kind of just bringing kind of joy to people. Like, you know, for instance, like, you know, space trees, like every time I think about yeah. that, it makes me smile like, right <laughs> behind you. Like I went to Tesco the other day, it was a supermarket, supermarket here in the UK. And when I was down the baking yeah. session, I saw a cinnamon roll and I was like, which is why I text you. Cause I was like, I'm never going to be able to come here again and not think yeah. of Melanie's work. Like it has now scarred yeah. me for life in the best way possible. I love it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. And well, well, well thanks. <laughs> Um, uh, I, I love that, you know, that people, they, they, they may be looking at everyday objects and it gets a smile on them because they make an association with a nice art, art piece that they've mm. seen, you know, like, yeah. um, I will also never be able to, to look at an opossum the same way as I saw, saw, in, saw in some, you know, in some paintings that I've seen, like, I will always think that opossum is super, super gross, but actually really cute. And, you know, I kind yeah. of, that's association kind of makes the world a better place, I think. Um, yeah. And, but I just like in general when when art makes you think. Of course, it could be in a negative way. I also feel like have made some art pieces, like at the exhibition we talked about, where I was focusing on making getting awareness for indigenous animal species. And in those paintings and drawings, you would see kind of this indication of flames going up on the animal because a lot of pieces I made was about the Australian fires in 2020. So, you know, there was an indication of discomfort somewhere. And I think that's really important to have in as a theme as well. But I want to say today what I do is more about being, yeah, being positive, but still informing people what's what's going on. So having an image you get uh, you get this positive energy from. But I'm still I still want to make aware from my socials. I share all these posts about animal welfare. Still want to. You know, it's like oh, it's all shits and giggles, of course. But sometimes we have to reflect. There's still some some serious stuff going on, you know, mm. in the world that we need to to think about. We can't just turn our head the other way. At least I I I can't. Yeah. And but um also again like there's some works that I have done where I definitely have put extra like extreme amount of thought into it, and others was only been like the visual thing that has been drawing me, and then subconsciously that has definitely been the thought behind it. But I have never really you know, really like sat down and be like, huh, now I should analyze my work, you know? Like for example, with my 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 pieces with the flying whales, that I can tell you right here what now I know what the inspiration is and I know what I want to show with it, you know. Like because that has yeah. roots yeah. in my musical but I said no absolutely absolutely that was actually the power so because that was my next question was actually like where was the impetus of yeah. this flying whale series? I like why flying whales? Yeah. Like that, I can tell you. Like that, I have no doubt in my mind. I know how to uh, convey this message to yeah. you. So um, it kind of started actually with an Inktober challenge. And that was the same year where I met Ryan. That was also based on an Inktober challenge wow. uh, where Jake Parker started his uh, weekly Inktober challenge, which was in 2020. And the first word of the year was flight. And there is the song by a band called Gojira. I don't know if you know them. Nope. It, it's a French progressive metal <laughs> band. They're quite popular. You should check them out. They are amazing. Send me the link. Um, I'll check them out. If, you're like, if you like metal in any way. Send me the link. Yeah. I'm always interested in new things. 
so like their music is a lot about the environment it's about animals it's about protecting oh. species they're very very political in that way and they're very into activism and stuff like that they just released an album a couple of years ago which is about the amazon so they have this song called flying whales which is about whales so to say floating in space and being these like huge creatures fascinating creatures right um and one line in their song is called or under the heavy sea i'll search the flight of whales so I kind of this this word flight from that bit of the song. I was like, flying whales. I wonder if anyone has ever paired whales with birds. Because I'd not seen that anywhere. And for some reason, that was what I was imagining when I listened to the song, like these whales like flying around in space, you know? And I just started sketching a bunch of them and I got so like fascinated by the subject I just kept drawing them and then that's when I also started adding the space imagery to it because I had never really painted space with watercolor before and it was a huge challenge to me and I love to challenge myself with new mediums and new techniques so I was like this is the opportunity for me to combine the things that I've never tried before and I just you know it just I just never got bored with it that's so interesting <laughs> I think it's also interesting because it's your your take like it's like the the stuff like Inktober, which is what I love is that everybody interprets words so differently. Like I love words, words are fascinating. But the fact that you mm -hmm. saw the word flight and then that song came to your mind and you were like, oh actually let's create some visuals for that song. Yeah. That's really cool. Because it's just like that's now kind of inspired like a whole series or like at least a body of work mm -hmm. that you can then now draw upon and then also create more work and imagery from. Because like what I love about yeah. bodies of work, especially or like series, is that you it never it's never just one image. You know, it's always like an idea that progresses throughout the series, and then when that series is over, elements from that series would always play a part in newer work. You know, like you see the progression mm -hmm. from day one to now. It's kind of I like that. And that's really cool. I was going to say I also have to ask because who doesn't want to know about the space tree series? Like, yeah. like <laughs> I, I saw it and I was like, I absolutely love this. Like pastry space. Sign me up for this, absolutely. And I would love it. I don't know yeah. if you sell stickers or if you sell like key rings or anything like that, but I would love like a sticker or a key ring. Like, absolutely. That would be like, you know, the best. It, it's so funny that you mention it because like I just recently purchased um, an iPad. So, you know, starting to do digital log work because I have never done that a lot. So now I have to do it, you know, like a uh, Pippi Langstrumpf kind of uh, way. I don't know how to do it. So I'll be good at yeah. it. <laughs> So like, and as soon as I'm done with all the, the band stuff I'm illustrating for right now, my next goal was to do space tree stickers. Mm. So, you know, might something coming up soon. If you we'll do, see. let me know, because I'll be buying some for sure. Okay, I will make them especially for you. No, not especially for me, but like for sure, if you make them, let me know. And for myself. Let me know, because oh, yeah. uh, I want them. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to stick them, but I, I want know. them for sure. But, but me too, like, I, and also because I'm a huge sucker for stickers. I have collected so many stickers over the last three years when uh, when COVID happened. I was like, how do I support artists without be going bankrupt? That stickers is a good mm. way to do that. Absolutely. So I have a huge obsession with that. But to get back to your <laughs> question about... Sorry, completely <laughs> like went off topic of, like, stickers. <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. I'm totally cool with that. But... um. Uh, so the Space Tree series kind of started because I don't know how, 
like exactly the starting point, but I had, I was one day I went to the bakery and I got myself a cinnamon roll and I was just sitting there with my cinnamon roll, like enjoying it. And then my boyfriend comes over to me because I, I just, I just like painted a, a galaxy just to test. And he was like, you know how that cinnamon roll sort of looks like a Milky Way if you look at it with like, like very, like, like how you say, a uh, strong glass where you can't see anything and everything is super blurry. It kind of looks like a galaxy. I'm like, huh, let me do a visual uh, interpretation of what my boyfriend was telling me. And I, and I just, you know, kept sketching out ideas on how to, to use it. And, and it kind of just started going from there because there were so many different pastries and like so many different ways to incorporate them in space. So like like I usually do, you know, to pair this like realistic kind of drawing with something abstract, it, it just became a series I was super obsessed with, you know, and then also drawing uh, pastries from different countries and sometimes also try to make them myself, you know, so, so I have, you know, eating my props and, so, uh, right. you know, having a more deeper understanding of what I'm doing, you know, <laughs> so yeah, it's people like also give me so much inspiration like just saying random stuff i'm like i can make this happen <laughs> um like for example my with my band dirty cutlery biscuit savisa in danish like it kind of sounds like you say biscuit cerveza as in dirty beer and i was like huh i can do an illustration of that you know so it kind of just ideas just ping-ponging back and forth. And, you know, I try to illustrate them. Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes it doesn't. It's, it's, I guess, a lot of association with maybe it doesn't make sense to everybody. But, uh, yeah. But that's, but that's cool, though, <laughs> because your work is coming from a place of, like, your personal personality and your personal life. Like, it's, it's created through the lens of things that you enjoy. And I think the great thing is, like, because you're not a full-time artist, you're not pandering to an audience, which means that you can create stuff for yourself. Yeah. Therefore, the things that you create are authentic or wait, let me rephrase that or as authentic as they can be within the realms of you creating work. The people can still create work mm -hmm. authentically with an audience. But yeah, I think that's the kind of interesting thing is that like stuff like the Space Tree series, like had you had people expecting you to create a certain body of work, like you wouldn't have been able to create that. You know, and you're yeah. wide about that is so lighthearted. It gives me like a really interesting sense of you as a person. And I'm like, I bet she'll be really mm -hmm. fun to talk to because she creates space, space pastries. I mean, you know, <laughs> it kind of gives me a really yeah. interesting impression of like the person creating the work. Because sometimes art can be very serious. And it's nice to meet someone who still takes it seriously, but also like the content is quite light. It's nice, you know. Yeah, I think it's also quite nice to do like, again, like some some people might do artwork, which is super political, very well thought of. I sometimes like to, you know, in terms like relax and just do stupid things hmm. like for example same with my band you know like we are not ambitious at all with anything and the the way we write our music is very intuitive like it's um if we have a line that just popped in our head it sounded funny okay we'll just keep building on that and I think that's also my approach to my art you know it's very like okay I do I have I tend to do a lot of sketching and of different uh, subjects and it's like okay have this idea this evolved to this idea and I just keep adding more words to it or changing it up a little bit and then at some point poof there is a finished art piece right there if it's in terms of a song or if in terms of um, 
a drawing or a painting, it's, um, I know, it's just a lot of association that is either super far stretch or for me, it just pops into my head because it's something I associate it with, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. That's interesting. Though, it's, like, weird. It's, no, it's like a glimpse into your mind, which is what art is. It's what good art is. It's like a glimpse into the artist's mind. It gives everybody like yeah. an interesting impression of you without actually knowing you. I think that's really interesting. I think it's just super funny. And I was like this, because like, when I saw a space tree series, I was like, this intrigues me because it's very different from mm -hmm. anything. It's literally, it's very different from anything else that I've seen. And I'm like, not only is yeah. it actually visually like good in terms of like the technical detail is actually very good, but also like, it's just a, a great visual kind of, it's just great visually. Like who doesn't like space? Who doesn't like pastry? I mean, put them together. You've even got spaceship, which is a word. I mean, come on, like that's perfect. That's like branding right there, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it's also like it kind of also shows how much I have developed as a person as a whole because I had this conversation with a former colleague of mine who was like, when I started at the workplace I worked at at that time, he said, oh, you were such a quiet person, like kind of bland, to be honest. And, you know, like with time, I just became open-minded to things and tried out different things and, and and I also told him like I felt with my art I was kind of stuck in a way where I was just drawing things that I saw yeah. okay I'm just going to draw that and I told him I feel like I have I have what it takes to do something cool but I think the concept is not there no I'm just drawing this picture of a dog or whatever and I, st I still enjoy doing that don't get me wrong but it didn't challenge me like creatively like only skills wise but I didn't feel like my mind was really working a lot hmm. so so kind of doing this these word associations with either whatever people were like ping-ponging at me or whatever inspiration I drew from music it kind of helped me exercise my brain a little bit by putting things together that you maybe wouldn't put together and that and then causing me to do my signature style, hmm. which I'm kind of satisfied about, to be honest. I'm like, oh, well done me. I achieved my goal. <laughs> Talking about visual style. So I was going to ask you, like, you bind the two series that work together with the galactic backgrounds to kind of give yourself like, a cohesive visual style. And you said that you're very proud of your visual mm -hmm. style. Like, can you talk a bit about, like, what is your visual style and how important is it for you to have one? I would say, like, for the importance of having a visual style is that people can recognize what you do um you know like a, a person like lauren marks for example who does this like she 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 draws all these animals and then it has the, the decay kind of blend into it it's super recognizable and i think that's quite important when you live in a world like we do right now where there's so many people living up to their full artist potentials you know yeah. creating so many great pieces of art everywhere it can be very hard to you know stand out so I think that's why for me it's super important to have a quite distinct visual style and it takes a long time to develop so I think a lot of people also put a certain pride in you know just trying to to keep developing like just like you know Picasso and his his napkin story you yeah. know like it took him like 40 years to get to where he is because he's just kept creating and and stand out from the crowd and just do what he wants, likes to do, you know, like hit, like whatever his take on it was. And I think for me, it's just what I'm going through right now. I, I want to also get to a point where people look at a piece of art and say, oh, that's uh, that's Klaus uh, Melanie right there who, who did this, you know. And I think it's super impressive that some people, they are so good at visualizing an idea and being instantly recognizable. It's so uh, super important, I think, at least in this branch um 
And I think my advantages is that I am so curious like I am and I work in an environment where I have, I am talking to a lot of professional artists, a lot of amateur artists or people who are beginners and I get so much input from everywhere and I have access to all these awesome art materials. Like, I mean, I'm going to be quite blunt. I get it cheaper than most people so I can just, you know, acquire it and I can try it out. And that's my advantage. And I think that has been a big importance of how I developed my style because I was just able to try everything. Um, but yeah, but of course, like everybody else, it just takes time to to get to a point where you're like, oh, this 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 works for me. And it, it also is distinctable in a way. And you enjoy it as well. I love it. It's 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 a great passion of mine. Like like I also mentioned before, I just started doing like a silkscreen printing, which I've never tried before, and that's a completely different style. And I, you, I just keep like thinking like, how can I incorporate that with my my regular art? Mm-hmm. You know, like getting more into the printing business, which I've not done much of. So it's it's always experimenting. You know, keeps me young. <laughs> well, yeah, but also it challenges you, and and it also kind of gives you the ideas of like involving your work into different places and different kind of um, different spaces as well in terms of like, you know, you can create installation, you can create, you know, kind of like a visual art, you can create an experience, not just a piece of art. And I think that's also quite important nowadays. People love experiences. And I think art, especially with like AI art, especially stuff like that, I think people's opinions of art have changed a lot. And actually what are your thoughts on AI art and kind of like digital, digitally generated images? Um, I am super torn about this topic, actually, because at one point I find it utterly fascinating, like thinking that people can can program such a thing that just takes all the images from all over the place and merges into a, a, a subject you've been thinking about, but you're not quite able to realize it, you know. And on the other hand, I'm super scared of it because it's so accessible to people and kind of makes people like me obsolete right because if someone wants a great piece of art they can just get it get it made digitally from uh, from artificial intelligence and all the soul and and work that's been put into a piece of art maybe might not be appreciated as much anymore and I already think it's underappreciated mm-hmm. so I'm I'm kind of torn between the two things but but you know, people were also afraid of the industrial industrial revolution. You know, yeah. like oh, the machines taking away our jobs, and I think this is the same as happening here, but with the creative sector. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good point. But, but if you think about it, it already has happened also in the creative world, right? Because if you think about like the Sistine Chapel, for example, you have all, all these paintings everywhere on the ceiling. You have gold leaf everywhere on the walls. You don't see that anymore. Mm. You know, yeah. now it's more stylized. It's like things have to go a lot quicker. So I just think that's like the natural way things progress. And parts of me would still wish that we would, you know, do things like we used to do back in the days. But it's also super important to keep um, developing as a as a society, you know, and being open-minded to new methods of doing things. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm quite torn about it. Yeah, yeah I think, honest. I don't know. I think <laughs> AR is actually really interesting. I think it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Some of the visuals coming out of it are very interesting. But then I think the the problem arises with like copyright and the problem arises with like who has the ownership yeah. of these images on the yeah. you know, it's like yeah. where are these AI generators getting their 
kind of inspirations or, or sources from. I think that's really also a big problem. One of the problems, I think there's many problems, but one of the big problems is that like you can't just rip off another artist's work and then make money off that or claim it as your own. So that's just, it's not the yeah, way things work. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've been following some artists, like I think I think Norm Marks was also in that position where she was like, she could actually tell like one special bit from and like one of these computer generated images was looking exactly well, like one of her pieces, mm. like at least a bit of it. And that's like a big problem, right? Because that is straight up pirating, mm. if you ask me. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's I think it's a very weird balance that we have not really met yet. We have no. to figure out how do we like compensate people for it um, if if something is stolen, so to say, or, you know, and at the same time, pe- people can put in a machine. Oh, can you... Can you paint my uh, my my flower pot in the style of Vincent van Gogh? You know, like what do we do about that then? You know, because maybe a lot of people are still doing his style as well. Like if if you see at the sorry, like the movie that was that came out a couple of years ago that is made of oil paintings in the style of van Gogh, right? We should maybe also be asking ourselves: Was that also not a copyright issue? Because they are straight up copying this guy's style. Who okay, he died a long time ago, but hmm. we should still like care about how do we carry on a person's legacy in that way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah especially when it comes to people who aren't around to be able to control the narrative of their work or control the usage of their work or their style. But then one could also argue mm-hmm. that you can't copyright a style. You know. Yeah. So it's, it is kind of hard because you can't copyright a style, but you can have a distinct style and you have intellectual property, but they're not necessarily, as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong, but they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, you know? It's very tricky. Yeah. Even just, you know, trying to find your own style as an artist and, and having somebody do something very similar to you as well. Because, you know, when it comes to like something like abstract work, I'm just going to say, and, and I hope people don't hate me for yeah. it, but like if you take <laughs> a step back from abstract work, it all just starts to look the same or like a lot of it can start looking the same. If you type in seascape abstract into Google, you'll see just a lot of blues, a lot of greens, a lot of lines. If you step back from that, it looks very similar. It's about, I think it was the artist to determine like what is their personal imprint they're putting onto this work that makes it different. You know, I think that's really what the artist has to kind of figure out in terms of like what they're creating. Like how does, how is what you're creating by your own hand, especially how is that, different like how is that making something different rather than just being like i'm just another abstract artist for instance um although i love abstract work although i used to hate abstract art oh yeah me too so i used to hate abstract I'm art whereas in now i actually have a huge appreciation for it it's actually really funny and as i've only actually ever interviewed two abstract artists um, and i'm going to interview a mm-hmm. third technically if we argue if we call you an abstract artist guess technically four but it's kind of funny to me because i yeah. don't know how to talk about abstract art i don't I have no idea how to talk about it so I've always been very afraid to interview yeah. an abstract artist. I'm like, I want them to ask them. But um, mm-hmm. something that I want to challenge myself to do more of. So abstract art is actually yeah. really interesting. I've just never noticed how cool it was until... I love it. Also, seeing it in person... I've it's, always been... Yeah. It's because seeing it in person, yeah. you need to see it in person. Yeah. I think that's why. That, that for sure, yeah. Because like a lot of abstract art, like Barnett Newman, for example, or Mark, Ruck, Mark Rothko, it's, it's a lot about emotion. Mm. And it's like this also like the scale of the painting has a lot to say. Like if you go see a, a show of either one of the artists I just mentioned, they're huge paintings and you're supposed to immerse yourself into them. You can't do that when you see it on a screen. It's just two different things. And, you know, you would 
you would I would definitely be one of those people you would see on the on the Facebook comment section where people are like, oh, abstract art is not actual art is no skill. I'd be like, you don't fucking know what you're talking about, you know. Um, I have such a huge respect for people doing abstract art because I'm I do it sometimes as well, and it's it's just really hard because it's it's almost like you have to even pour more emotion into it because like if you don't feel anything when you look at a painting like you know then I, I think I mean I personally would say I would have failed as an artist because art is about conveying an emotion getting a reaction from a person if you just don't care what you're seeing it's like oh well that that sucks you know hmm. so I think this is it's just even more hard to do with extra hard and it's, it's it's such a superior skill if you ask me to to do that because you have even fewer ways to communicate in a way right because if you do stuff which is illustrative like what i do it has it maybe tells a story a bit more um clearly like i would draw bears like oh we can see there's a bear right there we can say this this is about this bear or whatever and if you just have if you have like an abstract work which just maybe looks like to you like a wave and there's not more to it in, in the story it's it's super hard to convey it in a way and it's i have huge respect for people who who know how to do that yeah. with so few means like chapeau seriously i have a few abstract artists that i really like specifically i might send them to you if you don't if you want yeah sure yeah, yeah. absolutely I love, I as always out of sending artists, artists. I, love, I love sharing art so right like if i you don't have... know how much you're <laughs> no, I haven't percent. If you've no. got any artists you want to want me to say, like just send them over and I will always be interested. I love I actually have a few really yeah. cool art friends. People I've interviewed for the podcast, which is really sweet. And they on, on occasion they'll send me an artist to look at or they'll send me artists to look at. Um, because I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always interested, obviously. I'm always interested in art. So yeah, send me anything. Yeah, same. So I, I love to um I love to share art in general, like just like spread out the the you know spread the love about yeah. all the cool things people are creating you know like um if they see something that's cool i don't care if you are a person who has like a million followers or only a hundred like if if what you're doing is making me feel something yes. i want to share it with everybody 100%. you know like 100 percent. um so i'm like i just i just want to you know just give it to me give me all the inspiration Perfect. all the artists Perfect. i love i love that stuff i live for it really so are there any downsides to creating your work? Like, do you ever feel like you're boxed in by the type of work you create? Mm, I don't really think I'm boxed in in any way. I feel, I think almost the opposite. Like, I think I have so many options, so many things to do. And I feel like I have so many ideas, but not enough time to execute them, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, that's like, that's probably my my biggest downside, I guess. It's just that, since I am not doing it full time in any way, I, I just don't get to finish all the ideas that I have. And then some new ideas pop into my head. And, you know, in order to be able to sleep, I basically have to get it down on paper. And then I kind of, you know, let the things I've planned to do for a while get in the background a little bit. Like, um, you, I mean, you can't obviously see it right now, but I have like about five, five canvases standing around wow. here. And I've had them for like three years. I haven't painted on them yet because, you know, things like the way. keep coming in the way. Absolutely. It happens. And yeah, of course. I mean, that's the interesting thing, though, about being an artist and creating art or creating anything is that you have to dedicate your time to one thing only. You can't do more than one thing at mm -hmm. once. So like, the thing you're creating yeah. now is the thing you're focusing on. You know, you can't do anything else about yeah. it. 
think that's really interesting, actually. Because then it's like, once that piece and is it, done, you then move on. Yeah. And also, because it's very funny to me, because like, like this one thing that I have very hard relating to, but I think that is quite common with artists, that a lot of artists seem to be working on several pieces at a time. And now I'm not able to do that. I okay. might my, my, call me hyper-focused or whatever, but I really love to say, I have this idea. I'm going to execute it. And until it's done, I'm not going to touch any other project. It doesn't, I don't care how long it takes. Like for example, the spacer you're seeing up here, yeah. I, I started I started doing that when I was quarantined with COVID and I had 10 days to myself and I was like, I'm going to do this piece. And I was not done until like half one and a half months after I started doing it because then I went back to work yeah. and then I had much less time to do it. So it, it took me like maybe 120 hours to to finish that's it. Insane. And I was so determined to get it done, you know? Um, and that's just, yeah, that can be an advantage and disadvantage, but. Um, yeah, it's dedication though. That's also yeah. the thing. It's like a lot of dedication. Yeah. Unless you're enjoying I'm your craft motivated. as well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I think I'm just the kind of person like, who really like when I'm when I'm determined to do something, I'm gonna do it right from the get-go, even if it's something I don't care that much about. Yeah. Like you know, like a time I was in um in, in school to get prepared for, you know, going into retail. And I was not that passionate about it. I just I was just doing this like school program because I wanted to get a big a better salary once I get into the real retail world. And, but I was like, ah, you know, it's not an important school and people go that they don't really care about anything, but I'm like, I'm just the type of person. I just want to do things right. You know? And even though it may, may not seem that important to people, it's like, it's important to me that I do well, no matter what it is. And I just, you know, get super ambitious about like the tiniest thing. That's great though, because like in your art, especially it will manifest in a good way. It means that you're going to be ambitious about anything you do. It's not just about being like, oh, this mm -hmm. is going to be an okay painting. It's like, this can be the best painting it's going to possibly be. Especially if you're spending your time on it as well. I think that's really, actually a really interesting way to do things. But I'm also kind of curious, mm -hmm. like, do you have any like routines that help you focus on your work? Hmm, I think one of my routines might be before I start the actual piece, I do a lot of sketches, hmm. especially because like my goal last year was to become better at sketching and developing ideas. And I've kind of been brought up in the way because I've did some graphic design courses. It was very important for my teacher that we always try out different ideas before we settle on one thing, because one good idea might lead to the next and then you just keep topping yourself. So I'm kind of doing that a lot. And I like to always do, when I settled on an idea, make a lot of variations in color, just so I have a visual idea of, okay, I know what I'm going for. So I guess it's a very, yeah, like I, I may, I don't want to say standard because I think a lot of people do it obviously, but I, I like to go in a very systematic way hmm. in some way and, and um, and since I have so many different art forms, I can I can com I can combine it with. I I just try like okay, what if I do this sketch with with this pen or this pen or what a pencil or whatever, and then it it kind of gets me going like where I want to end on an idea. So I would say that could be a routine that I do a lot. That's actually quite interesting though, because it means that like you've 
you've considered the whole image before you start it. Like you're working almost, you're yeah. almost working backwards in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You could say that. It's very funny in a way, because I had this talk with um, a friend of mine who I admire big time as an artist. She, um, but she mainly works as a graphic designer. And she told me, because you we were collabing on an, an, a cover for a, a jazz album. And she was like, whoa, you did all these sketches and you set them up in a square. She's like, like totally like they would do when she was in school for the graphic design because they would work in the same way. So even though like her style and my style and our occupations are very different, like our way to grasp this image is, is very similar, you know, like the, the way we we progress to this end result is is quite similar, which is kind of funny to me because I suck at graphic design and she doesn't. So it's very fun to see that we kind of have the same starting point, you know. <laughs> but the results are so different as well, which is very, very interesting. Because yeah. you're very different people, which is, I think that's also, the, and you know, you have very different backgrounds and you have different influences and you have different viewpoints and I think you have different perspectives. And I think that's really what adds to like the final result of the work you create. Like, yeah. So how important is it for you yeah. to document your creative process and kind of just like, do you ever show the failed images? Oh, I still that didn't really work out. Oh, I want to say I I should be better at showing my failed works, and I think since I am also, again, I have I I only have my free time to do it in, so it's kind kind of limited how many pieces I get done each year. So so far, I have shown every work that is actually finished. I have shown it. But for example, ugly sketches. Let's call them that. I've not been that good at sharing them, but I think we should just to get, you know, like it's it's quite for me, it's quite nice to see people that I look up to a lot showing me works they, they've created that did not turn out the way they wanted, because it makes me feel better about myself that it's okay to fail once in a while, yeah. you know, and not everybody is perfect. So I should definitely be better at that. Um I actually really like to film my process. In, in various stages, I love to make uh, videos of it. Like I, I make these like short reels. And uh, I think for me, I actually kind of like to just look back at it myself. Also just, just to see my growth. Like um, like I would still watch, watch videos of works I've done two years ago, just, you know, because I, I had so much fun creating that content. And also for me to learn like, okay, how did I do it? Like, how did I film this at this point? And how can I do it better? You know, so... It kind of helps me to to keep growing, and of course, again, we shouldn't compare ourselves too much to what others do. But it can always be great for getting inspired and see, oh, how could I have done this differently? And yeah, just grasp it from a different angle. I think that's quite interesting for me to see, and you know, just being able to look back at it and be like, oh, I'm quite proud of this work I did. You know, I think it's nice to document the process in that way. Yeah, I think you should always. It's always good to be proud of what you do. Because even if you're unsure mm -hmm. of it or you're not, you know, if whether it's good or not, it's good to be proud of what you do. I think a lot of the time, I think a lot of artists or people who are creative in general, I think they, they're they so caught up on being perfect and trying to do stuff that pleases other people that they kind of lose themselves in the process. And I think having mm -hmm. a document, and I think that's actually a really good way to think about it and to, and to kind of approach it, is that like, yeah, you can record yourself painting, but you don't have to share it with people. Because a lot of artists I know, you're probably one of the very few artists that I know that enjoy documenting the creative process or like document or like like recording themselves creating work a lot of people i know hate it and they'd rather just not have mm -hmm. to do it but it's nice to but yeah. reframing it in the sense of like 
it's almost like you're you're creating a diary for yourself you're a visual diary yes exactly and and it's it's always good to look back at in a way yeah um and i kind of do the same as well like if i've gone to a concert you know I I, I posted basically just for myself because yeah. like in a couple of years I can look back at it and reminisce about how great it was and you know to be a part of that and if it, and that's the same with with art right like you know you kind, I kind of like I'm able to put myself back into the mood I was in when I created this yeah. you know and yeah, I, I I actually really enjoy documenting it. I mean, there's a lot of like photos and videos that I have not shared because you know I have so much stuff on my phone right now. I kind of forget about it, yeah. but it's um it's always nice to look back at those kinds of things. I I mean for me at least, I I really enjoy doing that. I think there's a really good way of thinking about it in terms of like it being like a visual diary for yourself, or like you look at it as an archive rather mm-hmm. than being like. Oh, I have to create for the audience that's waiting for it to sit. Because like people aren't always waiting to sit. Let's be very honest, you know. And yeah, and half the time totally. when you post something, especially on social media nowadays, like people rarely see it anyway, you know, that want to see it. Very so true. it's kind of like I feel like people should put less pressure on themselves to always be catering to an audience because the audience isn't always there. Not because they don't want to be, just because, you know, the way social media is nowadays. Algorithm and stuff. And actually, yeah. what are your thoughts on social media? Is it something that you enjoy? Oh, that that really depends. It kind of comes in waves. So ever since I started doing social media for my work as well, my interest has definitely declined because it's kind of starting to feel more like a job. Yeah. And I can easily spend like 45 minutes or even more to put together a reel or whatever kind of video I'm doing or, or a picture and you know, sometimes I just rather spend that time on actually creating a piece than showing it off to people on social media. And then I might only get like, I don't know, 200 or 300 views, which is currently my, uh, (laughs) you know, the the, the amount of people who see my work is not that many. So for me, like doing social media is right now something I mostly do for myself. Like, Like we talked about, it's a kind of diary something to look back on and of course also serves as a portfolio like if I ever ever want to apply to go to some art fair or whatever it's it's really nice to say hey I have this Instagram account and you know whatever you're going to click on it's going to be a, a piece of artwork that I stand behind it's something yeah. I'm proud of that I, that I made you know so but I really enjoy just watching what other people do on social media. And I really like interacting with it as well, like spreading some love, what I what I like about what other people are doing. Like the artist you shared today, for example, I've been following her for quite some time and I just freaking adore what she does. And I love sharing it and starting a conversation with people on, on social media is, is, is awesome. Um, you know, same with like when... When me and Ryan met, that was also on Instagram, and we have yeah. gotten such an amazing friendship out of it. Yeah. And that's what social media for me should be there for. You know, it's about being social and sharing your passion with other people, and you know, may, yeah, may, make make new friendships and inspire each other. I think, think that's just beautiful. And people are kind of forgetting about that yeah. part and just you know scroll through video after video and not connecting with the person who did it. You know, it's a, it's a shame. To be honest, but, I think it's strange, yeah. personally for me, just for the way I use social media, like how much people don't send voice messages. 
I feel like that's very strange. Mm-hmm. I feel like sending a voice message is probably one of the most personal things you can do on social media. That's really going to give you, mm-hmm. make a connection with somebody. Like I could send you a text saying yeah. I love your work and you can read it and be like, that's cool. But if I send you a voice note saying I love your work, you'll hear that person actually does like your work. So I'm always, mm-hmm. I, I feel like everyone should just send more voice messages. As much as nobody likes, <laughs> as much as nobody likes their own voice, I think everyone should send voice messages. I think it's great. Yeah. You know, it's about developing a connection, as you said. It's it's very funny that you mentioned that because I am not a big fan. I mean, and I don't want to say I'm not a big fan, but I don't do voice message messages a lot myself. Um, I think mostly because I because when I'm at work, you know, it's like, oh, I'm not supposed to have my phone on me. Yeah. So when someone sends me a voice message, I can't like sneak out yeah. and like just have a quick look. I, I would have to really get out of my way to actually listen to it. So it, for me, it's often an inconvenience. But I want to say and then like what we're doing right now, yeah. we're having this video call so I can connect with you on screen like that. It's like, that's worth a lot to me. Yeah. And and that's I kind of like your approach with the, the voice message, right? Because like knowing what a person sounds like already establishes a much better, deeper connection oh, to, yeah. to a person. Absolutely. It's just something I've learned along the way. It's just, it makes life so much easier. And I think when you get to the point that you can send a voice note to a stranger that you don't know, I think that's when you know that mm-hmm. actually you're probably quite comfortable doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good sign in that in that way, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are just wired differently. And but if you think about it, but if you think very objectively about yeah. it, if you um, if you are like on the go and you have a lot to tell, it's just so much more convenient just to talk instead of texting because yeah. you can spend oh, yeah. like, I don't know how long on preparing a text and you would maybe even go back and edit some of the things you've wrote so it's not as um, authentic, maybe one would say, yeah. what you're actually saying, you know, so that that can be, of course, a, a good thing to think about, uh, just being yourself at all times, make a voice message, yeah. say what you felt in that moment and own it. <laughs> yeah, like 100%, like 100%. I just think it's, I don't know, just for me, I feel like that's for me. That is like the best way I communicate with people is I just send people voice messages, which on Instagram is hideous because it's only a minute long. So it is, ends up being like yeah. a wall of just voice messages that people can't actually hear half the time. Uh, something like WhatsApp, yeah. it didn't have a limit. So you can just I've sent like 40 minute messages to people on WhatsApp because it's like you have so much to say. It's, I don't know. It's, I mm-hmm. like talking to people. I think talking is important. I think so I think slowly as society is getting more digital, I think we're losing the ability to have conversations and to be sociable mm-hmm. and to really just like sit yeah. down and talk and just spend some time with somebody else. And that's not gossip. That's not really a rumor mill. That's not about somebody else in a negative way. Like just sit down and talk about, you know, what you want to do and your ambitions and your work and what you're interested in and, and just like yourself as well. I feel like artists rarely get asked about themselves, you know? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. That's just my opinion yeah um, yeah i think also like when when we talk like about this like with the voice messages like establishing a connection with a person is like for me i definitely get more like socially and like get more out of like talking actually talking to a person like if i have a long conversation with someone on text i don't get the same satisfaction yeah. in a way i don't get the same level of endorphins out of it because you know we would not be be laughing together yeah. or whatever you know like boost your mood in that way so like that that's a nice way of you know getting to know a person also like knowing the way they talk and whatever and you might be be able to talk about things that that you wouldn't be on on text because you're maybe very very focused on the theme you're going with right now and you're not really 
like going on a sidetrack like like we are sometimes yeah. we're talking yeah. right now you know so but that's the beauty of it though that's the thing because that's authentic but it's also like voice messages as well are, are, can be quite private and they can be very yeah. specific it's interesting because everyone has a preference a lot of people i know hate it but yeah. i don't know it's just something i love doing yeah so we live in a society that is very content driven mm-hmm. is there a difference between being an artist and being a content creator i want to say when I think of content creation, I don't necessarily think that it has to involve art. Like there, it can be, it can be about like an artist, you know, just showing off what um, materials they use. That's content creation, if you, if you think about it, but it doesn't have to necessarily involve an image, you know. But it, of course, it also kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. Um, it's a tough question, really. But I think that content creation is also a lot about like how does this how did this came to to happen how does this came to exist and the artwork in itself is like for me the finished product that that tells the story or mm. or what, however people want to 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 put that in in words you know what they what they have created so I guess I guess it's kind of the same but then not. It's really tough for me to answer, honestly. Yeah. I think it's a hard question yeah. because I feel like there's no clear definition of either art or content. Like they're both not defined. Yeah. So it's kind of like you almost have to define them to ask that question, but then you can't define them. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. tricky question. It's something that I always think about because obviously, you know, I always consider like we're all kind of content creators now, really, if you think about it. You know, but then content yeah. creators have like a label that's like, oh, they're just a content creator. And it's like, well, actually, they could just be an artist also. Or vice versa, they might only mm-hmm. just create content. I feel like, I don't know, I've always felt like content creation is like for the views, not for the purpose. I think art is for the purpose. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a terrible way to put it, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, I think there is a difference, but I think mm-hmm. figuring out that difference is quite hard. Yeah. I get what you're saying, though. Like, like from what you're saying, I'm also kind of thinking content creation might be more related to what are we going to, what are we going to try to give this message to? What is this message about? It's maybe not about the end product but the purpose of getting there like what do we want to um communicate about yeah so that that would be like content for me and then artwork would be like the finished product maybe yeah. like it's tricky it's very tricky in this particular yeah. day and age where everything's kind of a bit blurred it's definitely tricky but what yeah. are your thoughts <laughs> on the future of art and what changes would you like to see yeah so i definitely think we're gonna go through a big revolution almost an art like considering what we talked about with artificial intelligence um what i would like to see more of is definitely incorporating art more in the public image in a way like in out in the streets i want i want to see more street art i want to see more billboards with epic animations i don't care if it's campaign based or whatever i just want to see colorful stuff everywhere like all uh, I don't know uh, all the um, the different um, departments of art, more tattoo conventions, more everything creative. Like, um, and I'm kind of hoping that's what we're going towards. Um, because like I feel like, for example, the community, like the graffiti community, right? Like at least in Denmark in the '90s, it was kind of a no-go, and now it's being more and more incorporated into the this the city in general and i kind of feel like art is going to be more accepted in 
in the different layers of society as well. So I'm kind of hoping we'll just get more and more of that and more people will, you know, embrace art as a form of therapy as well. And we go, we're going to see more of that and yeah. yeah, just incorporate it more in our daily lives. I would love to see that for sure. Yeah, I know that a lot. And do you feel like you are part of a larger art community? Uh, yes and no, because on the one hand, I work in an art supply shop and I know a lot of yeah. people and I would like to th- think that some of the people also have a good connection with me, like, you know, re- the regular customers that come in. But on the other hand, I have never been in part of a, like, for example, a gallery where there would maybe be more people involved. It's like a place called Monday Studio, for example, which I know is a big art collective. And I'm not a part of that kind of collective. But I feel like I know so many great artists who I also call my friends and they for me are kind of like my community even though I'm mostly having one-on-ones with them and not meeting in a bigger group that's like that's like my little community in a way so I guess it depends on how we want to define our community yeah that's true like, there, but being part of like like a large say whatsapp group for instance or like a, a discord server where you talk to those different artists from different disciplines and and kind of share work and ideas would that be something you'd like to be part of oh, I mean I mean I kind of have been part of that and I'm not very good at being active in such a group I, I used to be in a group on Instagram with different um, artists uh, in Denmark who did all kinds of amazing things and mostly that group was about you know getting our reach to become better on social media mm-hmm. So basically all we did was we were supposed to comment on each other's posts and save them and everything. And it didn't really feel like a community as such, even though that was kind of like what the the starting point was for this group. It just more felt like a chore that I didn't want to do. So yeah, for me, that kind of didn't work out. So I kind of find my, my inspiration and my, my, my good talks with, with the friends that I have, which all have very different styles. And, you know, sometimes mm. we, would, we would meet up and draw together and, and, and talk about things. Go to an cool. exhibition, you know, that's the kind of way I like to, to do that instead of going to say, yeah. for example, the Discord channel. But I'm not going to say no to it. I mean, ne- never say never to that kind of thing. Maybe I will find mm. my niche and then, you know, become part of such a community. Yeah, I'd like that. I love the idea of going to an exhibition with somebody and just wandering around. That's I love that idea. I did that in January actually with a, actually a really cool friend of mine that I met through Instagram. Yeah, we nice. To be in London, so yeah. it was great because it's nice to just kind of go somewhere with somebody that you don't really know that well because then you get to know them a lot better by the end of it. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting, I think. Yeah, um, definitely. So I had a really interesting conversation with one of my very good friends called I'm Surrounded By, a cool photographer. And we're mm-hmm. talking about the idea of introversion and extroversion because a lot of artists tend to be introvert. Yeah. You know, and it kind of shows in their work. And I'm kind of curious, like, would you call yourself more an introvert or extrovert? What's there in between? And does it show in your work, do you think? I would say I am an extroverted introvert. Yeah. That makes <laughs> so, sense. That makes a lot of sense. So because I am, I definitely know when I need to be myself, when I need to be around people. Like, I, I need a lot of breaks and I get more drained about being in a in a social environment than actually getting energy out of it. But I also, at the same time, I know when to apply myself and when to be super cheery and when to be 
very social and 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 bubbly and talk a lot, you know, because I I work in retail. I have to talk to a lot of people. Yes. Which ironically doesn't fit well to uh, to a description of an introverted person. Um, but also if you if you know what you're talking about, it kind of gets easier to, you know, openly talk to people about things. But I'm gonna be honest with you, like the that the last year I have definitely felt going to my limits in terms of my job, for example, that I'm getting more and more pissed off about having to be social with people that you know, mm. I can feel I genuinely don't like. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also, of course, the opposites, which are amazing. Like the people you talk very well with, I get a huge kick out of it. Um, So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I think it's a switch that introverted people are able to turn on and off, you know. Like when I have to, I will be social as hell. Um, and again, I sing in a band. I have to be very, I have to be very communicative with the crowd. And once I put on that switch, it's there, you know. Um, and yeah. I know a lot of people who are in the same position as me who are very introverted, but also sing in bands, they have the same switch. And you can feel when they're pushing on it, you know. I think That's I kind really of cool. do the same, yeah. But I kind of wonder, like, I wonder if you sing in a band and you're working in a retail environment, it yeah. forces you to be extroverted. Because otherwise, if you didn't have those two things, maybe you wouldn't be as conversational. And communicative. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it. Uh, I think for sure it has definitely helped me. Working in retail has helped me becoming more um, able to talk to different people. But I want to. I want to think that also in high school I was always like the the crazy art kid, you know, like running around in the halls and like sc- screaming or whatever. And I think I just with age I just figured out like what when what my limits are and that I in that sense call myself mm. introverted and that I know okay if I don't click well with a person I'm not going to be very talkative. Yeah. You can take that as a compliment. I think we are having a quite Thank good you. conversation. <laughs> so you know like that like that's like when I feel comfortable is when I'm when I feel like I can I can just talk and be be badly. Um, and then when I start getting introverted, it's like, that's when I'm feeling uncomfortable. And that's where I kind of want to, you know, pull back. Um, so it's it's like a roller coaster ride for me, for sure. Um, so in yeah. your opinion, what does it mean to be a successful artist? That's such a good question. Because there's so many ways of defining success, right? Like for some people, success would be having a super, like a big amount of followers for some reason, for some people, it's about maybe have having been done a project that you're really proud of that you've spent a lot of time doing. For other people, it's maybe having a a, a corporation, I say, a collaboration with a big brand. I would say for me, being successful would be achieving my own goals, whatever those may be. And I would say I I feel successful when I have had a client approach me and do a work for them and they're just over the moon about it that's when I feel I accomplish my task and I feel good and rested in myself when I do um like I have this friend who I just actually posted the 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 video behind uh, a piece I made for a PhD thesis which is about food waste so you know I did the pastry style but I cooperated with the elements that she wanted for her cover and like when she approached me, so I do that for her. And I was like, wow, that's like such an important part in your life that you're letting me be yeah. part of. Like, 
I don't know a lot of people who do a PhD thesis. So for me, it was a huge deal to be a part of it. And when I finished that piece and and she loved it, I was like, I've that's like I fucking made it. Like it doesn't matter. Mm. Like it, in this sense, it shouldn't matter if it's like Nike or Starbucks or a friend I know who wants this piece. Like if they're happy with it, that's what I feel super accomplished. I'm like, that's like, then I know I did my job well. You know, that's kind of success mm. to me in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Like the belief that somebody else's belief in you, I think, because, you know, you can sit in your room and create great art all day, but for somebody else to kind of be like, oh, I want to pay for your work and could you, you know, do this yeah. for me? I think it gives you a boost of confidence that you don't, yeah. you can't get for the yourself. Yeah. And it's also, especially because there are so many amazing people out there creating so many yeah. amazing things. And it's like, yeah. you chose me to do this yeah. for you. It's like a huge honor. Um, uh, I have this uh, this woman that I, I'm a regular customer who does jewelry and she also recently posted about because she does a lot of wedding rings and she's also said like she felt so honored each time someone approaches her to make the wedding rings because that's such an important part in your life and like she as an artist is a part of it you know they've chosen her yeah. to do this for them it's such a big deal like and I think we should definitely cherish that way more like it's a i think it also takes a lot of yeah i i don't want to say courage but like people actually approaching you and asking you to do something for them it can be like very um like going over the line for some people because they'd like be oh what if she doesn't want to do it or whatever you know yeah um for me it's just an amazing feeling and it just makes me feel great if you want to call that success then then yes then that's that's being successful to me but that's really cool though actually that's really sweet yeah i'm and gonna so be honest question. with you like if i had more clients we would do more yeah. regular stuff for us so i could be a full-time artist that would also be great that would also be yeah success of course for me. i'm not gonna say no to that yeah I'm not gonna say no to that. there's different ways to look at it but i yeah but it, i think it's like take it in small steps for sure yeah and and just like you have to, to put it into perspective where are you at right now and then yeah, say, okay, absolutely. what are you doing right now? Is that successful to you or is it not? You know? Yeah, 100%. Like, you always have to sit and reevaluate what you're doing every, like, six months or so, or, like, every three months, every six months, and just take a look at what you're doing and kind of be like, you know, am I enjoying this? Is this helpful? I completely agree with that. I think it's super helpful and super yeah. healthy. But also, so, again, I am not a full-time artist. I, I do yeah. this in my free time. So it's I, I always have to, like, put things in perspective, you know? Yeah. Um, like for example, I would I have been kind of been um playing around with the idea of start to to get an apprenticeship as a tattooer because it's mm. a field that really really fascinates me, and I was thinking, huh, maybe it's more accessible to people to do tattoos because maybe in some people's minds it's more affordable way to get art and also it's a super popular thing to do. Um, so maybe more approachable than doing illustrations. So, so in my mind, you know, having people coming every day to get a tattoo would also be like, that would be a successful part for me as well, which yeah. I would love to try, to be honest. But again, that'd be like, steady as well. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I mean, I myself also have tattoos and there's a lot of people that, that I know in that branch that I really look up to. And in my eyes, they're successful because they have people going to them 
to get a piece mm -hmm. of art, but if on their skin it's gonna be there forever, like that's also like that's what I know I made as an artist when someone asked me to do that thing that is so permanent, that would also be like then you made it, you know. Then you know that's like the biggest compliment you can get as an artist for me. Yeah. Um like that's a lot of trust involved in getting course, stuff yeah, inked in your skin. Yeah. So yeah, that's all that would also be a way for me to look at it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's the it, and also because an interest as well. And also it's another medium as well, which is interesting. It's another yeah. way that and I haven't tried it and I want to try it. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Yeah. So a question for you that I actually arose from a conversation with Mr. Ryan, which is funny. Ooh, and the I question like Mr. is Ryan. <laughs> and we were talking or circle boys I like to refer to, which is funny. Yeah. Um but we were talking about ages ago about skills and personality of artists and kind of like which is more important. So the question for you is like which is more important? The skill of the artist or the personality of the artist? So I kind of I kind of think that these two things go together because if you are a person who, who really likes to paint and draw just for the sake of doing that, I want to say that the personality is more important and you're just like at ease with it and you you relax by doing it or you feel some genuine joy. But I would say if you're a person like me who really likes to challenge themselves and um, use all these different kinds of mediums and just learning about stuff all the time, I think for me, skill is super important. And I think if you've kind of been trying to um, put emphasis on it then your audience at some point will also expect a certain skill level from you because hmm. it's kind of a part of your brand you know so I, I guess it really depends on who you are but I also think at the end of the day when uh, an artwork captivates me by the personality the style the look of it I think it will make me I will remember it more than the actual skill involved hmm. to a certain extent of course Mm -hmm. But like, do you find it easy to show your personality online? I'm not, I'm, no, I'm, I don't think it's easy at all because I'm not really a person who shows my face a lot on socials as well, because, you know, there's always been insecurities of mine in that mm -hmm. sense. And I kind of want to think, think that I'm a sort of silly person and like quite positive as well. And I guess one way it could show through my work is that I use a lot of color. I would say that is kind of like, mirroring my personality a little bit but but not all of it of course um because i'm i'm really focusing a lot of what do i like stylistically do i want to work very abstract with graphic do i want to make very very um detailed and you know some days i i'm i'm more calm you know i'm going to take myself more time to make more detailed some other days i may be a little bit more ecstatic or a little bit stressed so that could maybe also show a little bit in my drawings like how well placed my my pen strokes are for example um so i guess there's different ways to convey personality hmm. through a drawing um but i definitely want to want to think that it's the colors that mainly do it for me um like like i'm a big fan of kind of orange teal blue colors i think it's it's a great how you say opposite hmm. in a way kind of also reflects on how i feel are there any colors that you would like to use that you don't already use i don't think so because i've always been reluctant to use earth colors for example hmm. because i just think they're so dull I I mean I love it when I see it in a context that I haven't made. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <Don't> get... <laughs> um, 
but like <laughs> that's just so honest out of that because she's like they're just dull <laughs> yeah. but, but when i see like when i see a person dressed in like an all beige outfit i can be like whoa that looks really good on this person but if i see it on myself i will feel super yeah. boring the person always wears black by the way like i should not be talking at all about this but just in my art pieces it just doesn't reflect uh anything of who i am i i just i just prefer to keep it super super colorful and positive in a way um it, it kind of sometimes um juxtapositions with my art because you know when you draw a lot of animals and stuff sometimes you might be need to actually paint something that has these earth tones in it like a yeah. piece of wood or something yeah. that's when it gets challenging for me because I'm I don't really know how to pair it together so that's always interesting to see how that works out yeah that's that's funny that's brilliant that's absolutely <laughs> brilliant I mean because that because you said the thing I was thinking like if they're dull but like, I'm thinking if you're painting animals especially they're gonna and you're painting mm-hmm. like the environments in which they live what's they like which they live it's gonna be like yeah. earth tones but I think that's really interesting though actually because yeah. It's almost nice because like you have like a visual aesthetic for your brand. You have like a color scheme for your brand. And I think that's perfect. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it it helps you out in any aspect. You know, when you create a website, you know exactly what colors you're going to use. You know, when you have a business yeah. card, you know exactly what colors you're going to use. Like it's so thematic. It, it makes a lot of sense. And I think there's something that I actually think all assets should do is like find a color that they really like and have at least one color that's like individual to them or to like as a part of their work or is like a a motif in their work you know like a little bit of teal here and there like teal i love teal but like a little bit of teal here and there you know it becomes yeah. a piece of like this image is melanie's you know because it's got a bit of teal in you know even if it's like the yeah, smallest corner exactly you know you might always find just a little bit of orange in there just yeah. just a little bit it's just my spirit color you know spirit color but um <laughs> is that that's, a thing? that's that's what i like to call it you know is that a thing spirit colors i feel like i'm gonna google this later actually i feel like i should um, yeah I mean, I, I've always called it that because, you know, orange is just such such a happy and positive color. So, and I would like to think that like if someone had to describe me with a color, it would be orange or like a very warm yellow, something like that. I'm going to uh, Google that later. And if there's anything into that, I'm going to be sending you a, a link later being like, oh, uh, take, the <laughs> quiz, take the quiz to find your spirit color. I swear I used to do that. I swear I did something very similar when I was like in primary school, like a long time ago. And it was like, yeah. choose what kind of colour you wear. I'm going to find that out later. Because I want to know. It's probably going to be grey, because I'm from England. Um, <laughs> probably. Although grey I mean, is uh, Denmark's also quite grey a lot of the time. So we might have something in common there for sure. The thing is, though, I love the greyness of England. I was talking to a photographer friend ages ago. Because he was like, oh, I hate England. Because even though he lives like down the road from me. Not literally, but down the road. Um, he was like, oh, I hate England because yeah. it's so grey. And I'm like, but that's the beauty of it. Because it's so grey. Like, mm-hmm. there's something beautiful in that. Like, I don't know. It's something to lean into. I don't know. I really want to create like a, a little photography book or magazine of my work um, based on like the greyness of England um, at some That'd point. That would be really cool. I'd know. love to see that. But I also think a lot of people here in Denmark, they're like, it's very funny because they're always like, uh, where's the sun? We want some warmth. Then like, but then as soon as like five days have passed with there's just sun, people come up to, to me and be like, you know what? I'm kind of missing all the grey clouds. It's so boring <laughs> if it's only sun. Um, and I really, really love summer and sun. I'm like, no, <laughs> I just want a blue sky and uh, and a and a yellow sun. But but I can really appreciate when you see these like dramatic landscapes with like yeah. tons of clouds. That's way more interesting to me than just yeah. the blue sky. You yeah, know? yeah, I agree. I, I love the sun. I'm a, such a, a sun fan. Um, and I'm mm. like, I'm always cold unless I'm standing in 20 degree direct sunlight. Otherwise, I'm cold. Um, 
yeah but when i when it's like really really sunny i'm like i don't really want the sun now it's too hot you know but oh yeah anyways i'm gonna start rambling about the weather yeah i'm british what else yeah. we'll talk about but 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 you know what like what i'm thinking when when we talk about these like you know kind of earth kind of color hmm. things I think it also maybe shows that it, I'm very selective about what kinds of animals I draw, because yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of going towards the more colorful ones, like chameleons, for example, or like a, a red panda, you know, who has, has like super bright color fur or something like that. I think it, I think it kind of subconsciously reflect what what subjects I, yeah. I choose to draw and paint. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, of course, yeah, because you'll be conscious of like what else you're going to draw other than the actual animal itself and also like the tones that are included. Because the good thing is that you're not going to change the animal to suit your needs. Yeah, but also I think like all the flying whales I've been doing, like most whales, at least from my research, their colors are also kind of like gray, a little bit more dull looking. But I think I kind of compensated with all these very colorful galactic backgrounds. Mm. So also, like it kind of has this contrast as well. Yeah. Um, now I that I that. think about it, I love galactic backgrounds. It's such a good idea. Such a good idea. Yeah. Like, and it's very hard to do. Oh yeah, so, no. So I was actually. I, I, I guess that's why I love it. Yeah, I was watching the process videos, and I was like, "This is because I'm actually really, really curious, like how you actually create your work." And I love process videos, and that you make them. But it's just like I look yeah. at it, and I'm like, "This is really cool, just to see how you get to that." Because there's a lot of layers, and there's a lot of work, and it's a lot of time. But like looking at it is like this yeah. is cool. But like knowing kind of the depth of how you get to that is so much more interesting because it just makes me appreciate your work even more. You know, it does not only yeah. does it look cool when you look at it, it takes time to do. It does, yeah. And also especially because if you work with watercolor like I mostly do, it kind of always wants to do its own thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. You, you don't really know what you end up with. Um, like when I started to paint with watercolor, I was actually following Galaxara's work oh, because well. she had some quite interesting YouTube videos that I was watching. Like on like step by step. Um, I mean, she wasn't narrowing over it, but just to see how she layers it, and I kind of wanted to to lean on her technique. But I also kind of started developing my own base from what she does, because her galaxies are way more detailed than mine. And I, at some point, I will study them enough to actually be able to pull it off. But so far, I will just you know try to shape it in my own way. Um, so yeah, absolutely. it's a master, it's a master uh, class for sure. Like it looks so simple, but actually it's so hard to do, I think, at least. You know what? I agree with that because I feel like it's just like you think, oh yeah, just like, you know, really dark blue and some some white dots. There you go, it's done. And it's like, no, it's really not. Like you wish it was, yeah. but it's really, really not. Yeah. Especially if you want to do orange and teal galactic uh, watercolors. Those two, those two colors are really hard to do, but if you don't want to have this like weird green mixed, you know, it mm. has to be layered in a certain way so it actually yeah. looks good. Of course, like, yeah, if that's you a good use point. Colors that are, yeah, and like if you use colors that are monochromatic uh, or like at least in the same color family, like yellow and green and blue, they can just mix how much how much ever they want. It will still look great. Mm. But as soon as you use the warm and the like like a color like orange, which is really hard to manipulate. With with blue, it can turn out quite bad. I think, at least for what I did, hmm. like I can get scared very quickly when uh, I use those two colors. Looks great together, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different for everybody, and that and that's what's great, right? I mean, if if we were all uh, super um, driven about having a, a skill in the same thing, it would be super boring, you know. People they are good at at certain things, and 
yeah, and they they should just keep doing whatever they want to do. But but do you think that it's easy though to show your personality as an artist? I think it's super hard, for sure. Um, especially if I think about my own journey, I I think I started. I think I want I wanted to say I feel like my style was super bland when I started. You know, I was just copying copy books basically and hmm. and trying like simple crosshatch techniques and, and and drawing a portrait, you know, like it, it's for me it was this was nothing special. So like kind of developing my my visual style helped kind of helped me show my personality. And I think now where I think about it, because my art is quite colorful and I'd like to think I'm a quite positive person and I I like to, you know, go to concerts and have fun. You know, I think that kind of is reflecting a little bit in my art. Like if I were to just do very simple, very uh, straight line work and stuff, it would maybe show me that I'm more uptight person. I'm not sure. Um I think that's a super super hard thing to convey for sure. That that's where I think music is a lot easier to to show your personality through that than on a on a medium that is still like because yeah. you know my my paintings and my drawings don't move. So I think it's a bit a bit harder to convey um, a personality. But I want to say I'm um, I'm quite good at um, I'm quite good at um, portraying a mood. Uh, at some point, I was doing a series with when the okay. hit when they were at their worst, you know, and I thought I was quite good at conveying like a message in the subject I was I was drawing, like the fear in an animal's eyes or whatever. But then my own personality would go more in the background, you know, because it was about the story I'm telling. Like that was more yeah. important to me in that moment, if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, that just makes sense. That make, that's a good idea in terms of like, I guess the amount of personality shown through an image would depend on obviously the end goal of that image as well. You know, because yeah. if it's like personal work, it'll be very personal. If it's a commercial client-based work, it'll be for the client. So your personality yeah. won't necessarily be in it as much. So that's a that's a good consideration actually. I would say like I have done a lot of like sketches. Like let's say I I have experienced heartache. Like I imagine most people have tried. And you would definitely be able to tell in my drawings when I would be upset, you would be able to tell in my drawings because they mm. would be like very fastly sketched, very angry. Like I can really appreciate when I can feel that kind of emotion through a person's drawings like that. And there's other times where I'm maybe more put together and that also kind of shines through in my art, you know, it's more polished, it's more detailed or whatever. Um, so I think it's kind of nice that way to, to kind of see okay where where's the person at right now in their life you know yeah that's actually a good point like your state of mind like how that's reflected within the work itself totally yeah like that's a good i haven't thought about that actually that's a good consideration mm-hmm. that's a very but, good consideration actually but I also think again since i have this freedom of not having to put myself in a box if if i am in the mood of you know drawing the most wild pen drawing where my arm just keeps on going like i'm in a having a stroke or something, you know, I can do that. But maybe yeah. other people are like, oh, I have to think about work and I have to finish this piece by tomorrow morning. You know, they can't just be spontaneous maybe about about it like the mm. same way I, I can. So that's like my privilege. So yeah. it might shine through in other people more than others. 
Um, and I think also like, let's say, let's say your subject was about um, mental, uh, mental issues, like, like, you know, um, let's say you have depression or whatever, like if a person is known for making images conveying that emotion, it might be easier to let your personality change and focus. Maybe you're also going through something like that hmm. than if you are if you're an animal portraitist, you know, who do this really, really polished um works of art, which I also really, really love, but I think it just has less personality of the artist in that sense. It's about the skill. You know? Yeah. It's not about the personality, it's about the skill. I think. Yeah. Sometimes like like hyper real work, like I love hyper real work. It's it's a really, really is really visually interesting, but I think sometimes it can be very it can be like this is nice. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Whereas in like something that's more fluid and that's more abstract and that's more kind of like as one of my older interviews suggested, is like the netherworld between the abstract and the real. Like that is much yeah. more interesting because yeah. you have to decipher it yourself as a viewer. It's not given to you. Yeah. You know, the uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that is interesting. Unresolved, unresolved images are the best. But I was about to give you the same example because like the way I feel about hyperrealism is, of course, I am super impressed by the yeah. skill, but at the same time, and you know, you can hate me for saying this, but anyone can do it because it's an acquired mm. skill. If you keep practicing and practicing and practicing, eventually, basically every person in the world would be able to do hyperrealistic drawings because there's a certain way to do yeah. it. But conveying yeah, emotion is so much harder and that's way more impressive mm. to me. That's also why like abstract art for me is so much harder to do because you have to approach things very, very differently. And there's just, there's not one way to do it right. There's so many ways of mm. approaching it. Um, and I'm just not that impressed anymore by hyperrealism. It's just like, it just looks like a picture and that to me can be quite boring. Yeah, that that's yeah, definitely my, my opinion on that, on that stuff. But again, I can be super, super impressed. But at the same time, I can also be very bored by it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah. I have, yeah, I agree. I do agree with that. But I also am like, there are a lot of artists that I know who create hyper real work, especially like landscapes that I just love. They're just gorgeous. Mm. Particularly like cityscapes yeah. and urban environments at night. Like, yeah. absolutely. I'm a huge sucker. Give me like the streets at night. I'm a huge sucker for that kind of imagery. Yeah. So, like, absolutely. Have you ever um, heard so of an artist called Chuck Close? Of course, yes. Who yeah. hasn't heard of Chuck Close? Like, of course. the way he did hyperrealism mind-blowing yeah. especially yeah. the portrait he did with the fingerprints of the old lady because yeah. that was a very very different approach to hyperrealism i'm like that's what i want to see like think think of it in a new way just like yeah yeah that's what yeah, I yeah of course yeah. yeah challenge me with that <laughs> i'd love to see it so i have two questions here it's supposed to be one but i've got two questions here for you from the last person i interviewed a really 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 great artist called carl beasley mm -hmm. um, and his first question for you is that's your great person to ask as well is do you think that art that is more political is more important than art that is maybe more abstract or atmospheric okay so i have trying to try to think a little bit about that question because there's also something i think about a lot with music political mm. music Ooh. versus like music which is about feelings or like let's say shoegaze music is about the sound yeah. you know uh, doing a certain way i want to say these things are so so different also in terms of art it's hard to compare them if it's, it's super important to you to convey a political message if it's important to you to get your 
idea of a certain t- topic out and you and you kind of communicate that visually or with audio in a catchy way I'm totally into that if you're doing something which a song which is about nothing it's just noises but it, that can also captivate me it's it's just two words that are so far away from each other it's, it's kind of impossible for me to say what is more important I think they have yeah. their equal place in the world it it's just different topics that we should all think about you know it's I am I, I love both of these honestly love stuff that had lots of meaning behind also like stuff that's just visually pleasing to look at yeah um, or like yeah. sonically pleasing to listen to but yeah sometimes oh, you yeah. just need the sounds you don't need the yeah. lyrics you just need sounds yes. like absolutely like I, I make very amateur beats, so I'm very much into like sounds. Sounds are great. Just like even mm-hmm. if you walk outside in the world, just like hearing stuff is cool. Um, yeah. So we take, I think we take sound for granted so much as well. Um, oh yes. We don't think about it. I don't think we think about it often enough because we think we're we're bombarded all the time. But sound is so mm. interesting and important. I don't know. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, I don't think no, no, it's not bizarre. I think it's uh, it's like. I think it's natural also to seek out, okay, what is this giving me emotionally? Just like we talk about abstract art, I'm looking at this, what 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 ha- what does it tell me, you know? And it's the same with music. Like if uh, I have to send you a link to like probably my favorite album of all time by a band called A Place to Bury Strangers. Um, it's called Exploding Head. And it's kind okay. of a noise rock band. And like it's it's a it's an album about heartache and you can just hear the sounds they make with their guitars is super distorted and it just it, it's like it's almost like it's tearing each other apart and that's the feeling they convey with that album about this heartache that's how you you feel often wise when you are going through heartache you know and i really i really love that idea about it. you don't have to put it in words i think it's even more impressive if you can do it without to mm. be honest but again yeah. it's each their their um their, their level of competence because also writing very intricate lyrics or like conveying like a, 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 a portrait about maybe a political person or whatever it's also super hard for me to do because that's not something I'm used to but I get I can be I get so impressed when I see someone else do it um it, yeah just people who do things very differently than I do like thinking in different ways than I do it's always impressive to me like it's like oh these people really know what they're doing it's super smart um so i don't think it's bizarre each each thing has their level of greatness i would i would say for sure well that's actually a great answer because you are right when you think about it like you can't really compare them because they are so different and they mm-hmm. serve different purposes yeah that's the thing they, they yeah. have different it's like asking you know which band is better it's like they serve different purposes they, they may sound similar but they, they serve different purposes yeah to different people I just had the yeah. conversation yesterday with a friend because we were talking about like, because um, she do- she didn't really know what kind of music I was doing. And I, and I told her it was just like silly stuff. And I'm like, you know, when you hear a band like Fever Free 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 or Rage Against the Machine who are super political, like we have the same rage, but our music is about silly stuff. It's about doing the dishes, you know? And and she And she was like, yeah, you know, it can be kind of annoying, I guess, when people doing super political music i'm like no if that's what you're passionate about then do that mm. you might not be like i would say in, in the same lane what your uh, ideology is than that band but if they have a message they want to convey 
whether that be with the way they play the music or with the words that they use, there's different ways of doing it. And I can appreciate both ways, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That mm. makes sense. I think that's what I like though. Like you're very open-minded and I think that's very important as well because not, not everybody is going to be as open-minded and be like, yeah, you're, I like this or like, I'll give this a try or like, oh, actually, because a lot of people are very, if somebody does something different to them, rather than intriguing them, they're just like, oh, okay, I don't understand it. Yeah. Whereas in you're very much like, oh, this intrigues me, actually. Let me just, let me have a look or let me try it or let me just, you know, dive into it a bit more. And I like yeah. that. I think that's really clever. And that will set you apart from a lot of people in terms of yeah. what you're willing to do, in terms of willing to learn. Because if you're willing to learn stuff you don't know because you're like, I just don't know it. I don't yeah. know. I think that, that opens the gates to a lot of good possibilities for you. Yeah, I think that a lot of people are also afraid to just say, I don't know what you're talking about. Like if, yeah. okay, again, I'm oh, going to yeah. make a lot of music references because that's like the, the the crowd I go with a lot. It's a lot of um, of gatekeepers as well. Um, and I am the person who, for example, got very late into metal. Like I was, I think I was like 22. I'm 28 now. I was 22 when I started listening to metal. And I'm like, when people start name dropping these genres and bands and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you tell me about it? And the people are like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I will tell you everything I know about it. And it's like a super open mind community in that sense. And then you go to a different group of people who just set on their opinion straight away. And I'm like, well, I don't know about this topic, but I would like to hear from both sides. And maybe yeah. I had an opinion about it before, but my opinion can change over time. And oh yeah. And and that's kind of also what, when we talked earlier about, I don't feel like I'm that opinionated a person because I just keep taking in all the information I get from different sides. I mean, there's of course some topics that I am very opinionated about. I mean, don't get me wrong, but there's some yeah. things, if I don't know enough about a topic, I'm not going to stand there and state an opinion because I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I would rather just <laughs> gather the information, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's... That's a good idea, though, to be honest. A lot of people don't do that. That's a problem. <laughs> exactly. It's just people, like, you know, pretending they, they know everything and you want, want to be better than you instead of just being curious and, and be like, okay, no, let me actually hear about something, this topic that I don't know anything about, you know, instead of just stating a stupid opinion nobody cares about. Like Right, so I have three more questions for you, so it won't be too long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Four yeah, more yeah. questions, technically. But um, technically five, but let's say four. So I have four more questions for you. So the, <laughs> yeah. the second question from Mr. Carl is, what do you have on your walls at home? And if you collect art, is it similar to the art that you create? Oh, I'd love that question because I am very passionate about the things I have on my walls. Um, I want to say that I am genuinely very uh, excited about animals. Yep. I, I draw animals a lot myself. So you can definitely tell in my home there's animals everywhere i love them um style wise i would say they differ quite a lot from what i do especially like medium wise um i have one line of card that i'm particularly fond of by a danish artist called karin ruder and it's just super like magical it's detailed but yet abstract and it's just a very different style for what i do um and but in general it's also as it's, it's, it's again the things with it's fascinating to me when people do are very differently from what I do that fascinates me a lot like I would also like to have more embroidery in my home because that's also mm -hmm. something that I have not touched 
but I'm super fascinated with, or like tapestry or um, like um, tufting. I don't know if that's what you call in English as well, but when you do carpets, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know, I, I don't have a word for that. No, I'm not sure. It might be, yeah, it might be the word. Uh, we, we call it we call it tufting in Danish, but it, it's basically like the way you use fabric to make like um, like a carpet, but you hang it on the wall. So it's like a kind of carpet sculpture. I'll, I'll show yeah. you, send you a link. Yeah, that's a great Danish artist I can show you there. Like, um, so in a way, it kind of resonates a lot with what I do. It's also very colorful, what I have on my walls. Um, but like technical skills wise, it's maybe quite different from what I do. It's very mixed. Um, and I praise myself as well on trying to collect as much um, original artwork as possible. So like I usually, unless it's stickers, like prints printed from a computer digitally, it's kind of something I want to avoid also in yeah. terms of how long it lasts, like, you know, exposure to light and stuff. Um, so I prefer having original artworks. And since I am very blessed to have many amazing art friends in my community we kind of trade artwork That's so cool. i i happen to have quite a lot of original stuff which is amazing um so that's yeah I don't know if does, does that answer yeah your of question course it does or? absolutely that's cool yeah. i love the idea okay. of training art i think trading art is such a cool idea such a good idea i love it i mean one of my best friends i have like five or six of her art pieces in my home and like I met her on Instagram and, and it was because she wanted to trade an art piece that we became like best friends. That's a good idea. She just happened to live in Denmark as well. Like, That's perfect. Yeah. See? Perfect. Particularly in, yeah. particularly in person trading as well. Or like, or like when you get to actually meet these yeah. people, I think that's such a great kind of benefit of being able to talk to people and, and creating community. Because, you know, yeah, I think that's the best thing, to be honest. It's just something magical about that. I think it's very magical. Because then every time you see this piece of work, you remember the person and you remember like, this. it has so many memories, yeah. you know? Exactly. It establishes a connection mm. and it establishes like it has history. Whereas if I if I buy a print online for a person I don't know, it just doesn't have as much emotional value to me. Like I might be over the moon about how it looks like, but it, it doesn't top something you have a emotional connection to yes, at all. That's true. I just bought a print from a very good photographer friend who is the reason that I do photography now, the way I do it. So oh. it's really cool. Um, I, oh, I, that's great. I got it today and I'm really excited. I need to buy a frame for it, but it's going to go right in front of me. So I'll get to see it all the time. Um, even though, of course, even though I said I was yeah. not going to put anything on this wall because I've got stuff on this wall here and I've got stuff in that wall there. Um, and I'm like, I'm not going to put any more up here. And I'm going to buy, I'm originally not going to buy next as well, which is not good. I need to stop because I'm buying too much art. I've got to talk to so many artists and they, I, I talk to uh -huh. them. I'm like, oh, I really want a piece of your work. <laughs> so, yeah. but there's not such thing as too much art. Well, ever. Well, looking at my walls now they're kind of it's getting to a point where i'm like i need to stop just because i'm not actually meant to hang anything up on my walls i would think but have you had you do you know an artist called veronica steiner i don't think so she she's an illustrator from florida and she she mainly um does art for a label called freehand goods and they do like t-shirts and cans and stuff i have one of her pieces okay. actually on the wall it's actually a print because i I'm never fast enough to get an original yeah. from her, but um, she has a super aesthetic looking workplace. She has a lot of like handcrafted things. It could be like uh, an axe, for example, which is engraved and oh, stuff. Wow. And her wall, it's plastered with art, but in such an aesthetically pleasing way yeah. where I'm like, huh, I should get even more things that I oh, have yeah. right now. 
Yeah, don't get me started. I would like, I would because originally the original plan was when I moved here, I was like, I'm going to cover all the walls in art. That was the original plan. Yeah. And now that I'm, I'm, I could do that, I'm like, no, I need to just like not because it'll, <laughs> maybe I might, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's just because I see so much cool art and like, I would love to have this on my wall, but we'll see. Yeah, I will see. <laughs> so, yeah, oh my god, I mean, I, I could just keep buying more, yeah, so could I. Also, like, I have, but I'm just like, I need to, yeah. I, I need a limit. Because I, I said I wasn't going to buy any more art. Because I have, so I have, hard to describe. So I have a, a wall here and I have four images. But I have three currently because I want to buy mm -hmm. the fourth at some point later on this year. So I've already got a plan for mm -hmm. that space over there. And now I see spaces, I'm like, I've got, I need a plan for this space. I need a plan for that space. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, I'm also always planning my space. Also because I want some of my own artworks yes. on, uh, displayed as well. Because, you know, it's kind of my showroom. Yeah, so great people idea. come to visit. Great idea. Yeah, so I need to have some of it on there, and it's not a lot. And it used to be much more, um, but definitely the pieces I have in my home, which I made, are the most dominant ones. Like I have a canvas hanging over my drum set, which is 120 times 160 centimeters. It's wow. huge as hell, and it's a piece I made when I got together with my boyfriend because I'm living in an apartment where where he actually moved when he came to Copenhagen. And he had nothing in this apartment. Wow. No art on the walls, no furniture, basically, like super plain. I was like, he needs at least one statement piece yeah, of art. Absolutely. And I provided that to him. That's perfect. So it's the first thing you see when you get in our apartment. That's sweet. Huge that's really sweet. Painting that's really me. cool, though. I like that. <laughs> see, that's really awesome. I think that's lovely. And also, it's like a lovely gift because there's like a memory as well there. And there's a reason it exists, yeah. which is great. Yeah. And like it's 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 very, it's like a double edged sword in a way, right? Because it like maybe in a couple of years I will be like, uh, this painting is not the standard I'm at now, but I won't be allowed to take it down because of course it has emotional value to my boyfriend because I gave it to him as but gift, that's, right? That's perfect because there's that, your threshold. That's where that's like your starting point. That's what you've evolved from. So that's the best thing. That is. So remind it. It's also very true. So yeah. So do you have a question for the next artist I interview? Um, you know what? I'm not sure I do because I thought I had a good question and then we had a conversation I think it was about like not mentioning who your favorite artist is and my question kind that's of That's fine. No, that that's absolutely no problem. <laughs> that's no problem. So I had okay. That's no problem. It's just because so, it's just because for me personally when I read interviews with artists the first thing they ask them is like, "Oh, who's your inspiration?" And as much as people want to know, I don't want to know. I want to know about your work. That's all. That's the reason I said that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but maybe you can call me basic, but like the question I went into was if you could sit at a table with, with whoever artist you wanted, who would it be? That was my first thought of a question. Okay. And I had actually another question because I thought, Oh, wait, that's the question everybody asks, right? That's like a classical philosophical yeah. question. And so my next basic question was, if you could afford any art piece in the world, what would it be? And it would only be one you could choose. That's a good question. I love that question a lot, actually. Yeah. And you can't ask me that question because I honestly wouldn't know. <laughs> that was my last question. Okay. If you can afford any art piece, to buy any art piece. And it like doesn't matter if it's actually available for sale, not just like Ooh. any art piece. Like if if you had all the money to any buy art piece it. in the world, art piece. yeah. Well, maybe I do know. I'm not sure. Mm. I would maybe have an Eve Clark actually, or Barnett Newman. Well, 
that would be quite iconic. What would it be? Why? What would you buy? I like. I actually really like that question. I think it's a basic question. Oh, I think it's a great question. So, thank you. You're making my self worth go a lot up higher than when I no, started it's because, the interview. So, what I love about asking people questions and artists is for two reasons. One, because it creates a chain. So every single interview, there's like a chain, which is great because it means like I can reference you in the next interview, and I actually do know who I'm going to interview because I've sorted out this morning. So like there's a chain, yeah. which is cool. That means I can reference you. So hopefully that person will go and see your work because you've asked them a question. And secondly, because they're questions yeah. I would never think of, you know? So I love it. I think it's great. So I appreciate it so much. And that's a great question because it's like, it makes you think about what you actually want versus what you can afford. You know, I think they're two different yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. That was kind of my thought because like, it's also like what we talked about. Like, it doesn't matter if you are, a super famous artist or if you're an you know so to say a nobody mm. if this if the piece that has been made kind of provokes an emotion in you it doesn't matter how much yeah. it, it, it costs it's, it's about what's the emotional value for you you know yeah. absolutely so for me for example i would i would never say for example mona lisa even though like it's like the most expensive painting in the world but i wouldn't po- personally want it because I don't get, I don't feel a connection yeah. to it in the same way I would do with, uh, for example, an Eve Clamp piece, you know, like, I mean, it's also obviously a very expensive yeah. artist. So don't go get me wrong, but, it, you know. Yeah, it do something different for you when you look at it. Totally. Yeah. So, so yeah. The second to last question, which is what do you think your work mm-hmm. says about you as a person? Oh, man, the question is really hard. Um, I would like to think that it says that I'm curious, um, that I, you know, seek out all kinds of, yeah, I guess, themes and mediums and, you know, I I want to keep growing all the time. Um, I would like to think that, that I'm not a one trick pony Hmm. in that regard. Um, and I would I would hope to think that people might perceive me as a happy, uh, positive um, kind of kind of person and open-minded in a way as well, including. Um, but yeah, but also, but also for me, it's also kind of yeah, it's very it's very good question because I'm like. I, I don't really know what people mm. think in that sense when they look at my work. So I'm not really sure what, what I, what I think in that sense, what it, what it conveys, yeah. but um, I, w- I would just like to think that people think I'm a little bit funny as well. Like, yeah. you know, you know, space tree, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird, kind of fun. Um, Where's with wings. That's kind of weird as well. I like that. Um, but it's also yeah. thought provoking as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's thought provoking as well, though, because it's like it's not something you see every day. Yeah. So it's kind of it's nice mm-hmm. because it's just like it makes you question like why is this important to this person? Hence, me kind of wanting to ask you questions. Like I'm always like, well, why? Why have space? Yeah. <laughs> why have space pastries? You know, why have whales with wings? Like why are these yeah. themes and and subject matters important to you? You know, like yeah. I think that's what interests me when it comes to like interviewing people. Because it's just like you kind of. You look at somebody's work and you're like, who is this person? And I think your yeah. work is a good example of like, it's cool enough that you can kind of get a gist of who you are, but it's also mysterious enough that you need to kind of dig deeper. Yeah. But that's kind of what I like when when you ask me a question like that, because I'm 
I'm not really the type of person who thinks a lot about what I do in that sense, because mm. I guess I've just been used to doing things at a certain pace. I just stopped kind of thinking about it. Of course, there has to be some message I'm conveying, but I guess I'm just so deep into it that I, I just have stopped asking those kinds of questions. And I think maybe a lot of people do as well, you know, mm. like I think maybe we should take more steps back to reflect on why we're actually doing something instead of just doing it. Um, and yeah, and that's why I think your question is super hard because I guess I've ne never actually really thought about it, mm. to be honest. Um, but of course, if I try to look at it very objectively, like analyzing a piece of work like you would do in our class, the things that I mentioned about being open-minded and positive, I, that's, that's kind of what jumps into my mind and being playful with puns and stuff like that. Um, I mean, that's very little of it, but there is from time to time. So I don't know if people actually get that, but that's what, if I look at objectively, that's what I get. But yeah, I don't know. So like a random question maybe, for you. Maybe I should ask you, what do you think it says about me? I think that's, that's, a, that's a question that I think is uh, interesting. <laughs> I think it says that you like pastries. That is true. Huh? I there you go. I like, I like painting them and drawing them, but I don't like to bake them. Why? I've, I don't know. I think I see making food as a, it's really stupid, right? Because if it's a chore that I find yeah. quite boring, I would rather just paint and draw. Like baking and and uh, just cooking in general and doing the dishes, like it's kind of a like dull <laughs> dull thing for me to do. I'd just rather be creative. And hmm. and I feel like all the times where I've been trying to bake, it always ended up wrong, of course, because I haven't practiced. I mean, sure. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a kind of a weird um, opposition because maybe people would think I would like I like to cook, but I really hate it. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, your work also gives you a great excuse to try. That's also the thing. You know, it gives you the excuse to be like, okay, let's bake some pastries because like I can use some. <laughs> that's cool. Perfect. Right. So the last question you'll be very happy to know is yeah. what are you currently working on? See, that's the question I love because. What I'm working on right now is something I'm extremely passionate about. Um, and, oh, lo and behold, it's about my band. Okay. So we are releasing a record next week. Oh, wow. Uh, and I am doing all the, the, the cover art and all that stuff around it is something I'm doing. I did the logo. I'm doing the cover. We are planning on releasing it as a vinyl as well. So I'm also designing the sleeve and the back of the cover. That's so and cool. That's so yeah, cool. I love doing projects like that. I love doing covers. I've done a couple of them and I would love to do much more of that stuff. Mm. I love it so much. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now. And um, other than that, you can actually only see my art online on my socials, which is Je suis le Klaus. But yeah, I think... What I want to do as a project for sure is to contact some bakeries so I could get actual space trees in the natural environment. That would be quite cool. So that's something I'm going to work towards as well when I have, you know, get get my courage up to actually yeah. contact places. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be a great yeah. idea. That'd be such a great idea. That'd yeah. be, it'd be a really kind of different angle as well. So I like that. Mm -hmm. I think about the future. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's really cool. Like Melanie, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. It, uh, it was a pleasure to meet it's you. A pleasure to meet you too.
That concludes my conversation with Melanie Haskind, aka Klaus. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or get in touch via social media sites such as Instagram and Twitter. The Flying Fruitbowl podcast can be found on a variety of platforms such as Spotify, YouTube and Apple Music. And if you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing or subscribing on any of those to help spread the word. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Today's up from £1 and more information on what rewards you get can be found over at patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Additionally, if monthly donations are not your thing, we also have a PayPal. I'll include a link to that PayPal in the show notes. Once again, thank you very much for listening today. Until next time, folks, please stay safe. Thank you.